it's an incredibly depressing like how you doing <laughs> like you're just like this is wrong this is horrible it's good news no it's good news. yeah well you know yeah. what i mean girlfriend's There's dad's just... doing better they shocked his heart back to being a good heart it like was beating dumb and now it's beating right and now he's like better and i you know He's a good dude, but I hope he moves back home soon. <laughs> <laughs> I know the, I know what you mean. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, we talked about it before, but it's still crazy to me that like that seems so uh, medieval, like shocking. Oh, yeah. That's still totally a thing. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many other things we've given up that would have valid uses. Like oh, leeching l- for lobotomies. sure. <laughs> you know? I don't know. Like maggots are always one of those ones that like you maggots understand. Maggots are still used. I know, but I'm, that's my point is yeah. like it seems... It seems like, holy shit, why would you want that? But then, like, there's nothing better than that. It's the same reason we still use dogs to smell shit. Like, yeah. there's just things that do things better than we can ever figure my out. F- my favorite, like, there's no way this is real, but it's totally real medical thing, is the poop milkshake. Do you know about this? Uh, where they put somebody else's poop in your butt because of bacteria? Well, th- they put it in your mouth. Like, I didn't know they put it in your mouth. Mm-hmm. They basically make a little poop milkshake. They have they find somebody, often who you know, preferably the same household, because you know you got bacteria changes like with your diet and everything. Mm-hmm. Someone someone with a, a similar diet, uh, yeah. Sometimes like all your gut bacteria can just die for reasons, and it's you can't digest well. I didn't without think them. that they put that. In, I thought that was like butt to butt. I don't think that they are they are going all broken uh, for a dream on this one. I really thought that's what was happening. No, I don't think they make you drink it. I think it's like intravenous. Well, no, they like like you know endoscopy is like a scope. Yep. I think they like put a feeding tube into you and put it into a feeding tube. What did I just say? Intravenous. That's under the skin. That would be very bad. Venus means vein. Yeah, it's yes, straight into the That vein. would be very bad. Yeah, you don't want <laughs> poop in your die. vein. Yeah. That's how you uh That's Munchausen by proxy is what that is. Is it? I mean, that's like what people... That's like well, the example that I really remember with Munchausen's. is like this woman that <clears throat> had a kid that was sick for the longest time, was in the hospital, they couldn't figure it out, and the nurses and doctors became suspicious. So they hooked up a video in her room and they found her... Uh, injecting uh, fecal material in his IV. Uh, so they were just pumping literal shit into his bloodstream and it kept him sick, which was what she wanted because she wanted to be the mother of the sick kid. To me, the classic one is like putting Lysol in your food. I don't know that one. I, th- I feel like I heard it before, but I think that's also what's in the sixth sense. I don't know. Have you seen The Sixth Sense? I have. Okay. Uh, ben likes I, to p- point out that I spoiled that movie for him. Tom Karosik spoiled it for for me. Oh, that talking you told to you. That's what it is. That's that story. I knew there was some yeah. uh, peripheral remake me character that yeah. was <laughs> that was ruined or whatever for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, really good movie in band class. Band. <laughs> uh. Band. Playing your trombones. Yeah, I've given that up. 
The trombone? So I, yeah. You're no longer a tromboner? No, I sold it for like 100 bucks to like a replay thing like nice. years ago. So it got me my 100 bucks. Yeah. I don't know what that $100 is now. You got 100 bucks and some kid got a trombone so that he can be ridiculed. <laughs> I don't. So I think we're getting my kids drum sets for Christmas. Oh, wow. Um, so that's a thing that I'll be looking to Craigslist here in a year. <laughs> yeah. So I get a drum set, uh, that I played like three times. Yeah. Yeah. You were, you were played the bass. I played the bass. Yes. You had a band in high school with Tom Krosick. Yes. Mm-hmm. We heard that song. Mm-hmm. We heard it. Yeah. Give us a little reprieve. Insight. Is that one of the things that you did? I was I was background vocals for that song. Oh, okay. And I uh, I could not sing, and I cannot sing. Um, but you did record yourself singing. Mm-hmm. That's more than Country Trilogy got off the. Uh, <laughs> you got farther than Country Trilogy ever did. So congratulations to you. Thanks. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to dive into? Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night Four. Uh, initiation. Uh, initiation. Uh, I'm. Yeah, good. Okay, what's our synopsis for Initiation? Mind you, the fourth film in the Killer Santa series. In the Santa with an axe. <laughs> yes. Trilo- like, previous trilogy. Uh, and we had just seen him being Bill Mosley with his brain exposed in a fishbowl. <laughs> yes, and, and telepathic, <laughs> not telekinetic. Uh, telekinetic is moving things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, kinetic means energy. Uh, fuck. So, uh, I think that they, this movie is about turning a woman into an alien lesbian? An alien lesbian? I thought they were witches. Those things are like, look like aliens to me. Uh, Okay. We can agree it's not about a killer Santa. It's not about a killer Santa. (laughs) They're... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there is what? one Christmas tree and one antenna with lights on it. There's a present at one point too, but I don't think that that was necessarily a uh, Christmas present. I think it was just a gift like under a table. Yeah. Uh, we should just talk about all the things that this movie is not. It does not have Bill Mosley. No. It does not have Eric Freeman. No. It does not have the child that played Ricky. Mm-mm. This is the one to the fourth person to play Ricky. Yes. In four movies. Mm-hmm. Is this the same Ricky? <laughs> like, I'm being completely serious. Like, somebody. He, his brain isn't under plastic. They watch Silent Night, Deadly Night in the movie. They do, yes. So, is this Ricky not really Ricky? But they, they made this movie. Presumably knowing it was a Silent Night, Deadly Night movie. Uh, did they? Because it, it says Initiation first and then Silent Night, Deadly Night 4 but second. They call, but they named him Ricky. Like, could, is that- <laughs> I think that that could literally just be a coincidence. <laughs> I think that could have been an homage and then distribution said, well, this is Silent Night, Deadly Night 4 now. <laughs> it's the craziest thing in the world. It makes the movie itself makes the tiniest bit of sense the fact that this is part four i think you were giving it so much credit saying it makes the tiniest (laughs) bit of sense but the fact that it's part four of silent night deadly night makes so little sense 
Some would say zero cents, Russ. Some would say zero. Yes. Uh, Starts off with a weird sex scene where they're like not so much having sex as like trying to like wrestle while watching TV. It's like it's like when your kid walks in on you when you're having sex and you say, "Oh, we were just wrestling." Mm-hmm. Like that's what they were actually they were doing. Actually wrestling. Yeah. Uh, just naked. I think. <laughs> That would translate to that the male actor actually had an erection. <laughs> like, so he's just trying to not put his erection to his his actor, right? His co-star in the mm-hmm. scene. Like, I know they talk about taping it down and stuff. Yeah. But I feel like it's also an unspoken thing. Like, the, the, well, and the veteran actor, like, grabs a hold of him and he's like, listen to me. You need to spend the entire night jerking off before this scene. And right before you're getting ready to go, you need to go to the trailer, go to that bathroom, crank one out right before you do this scene. That's the key to making sure that this doesn't become a problem. That's what I see Brad Dorif doing to like another actor. <laughs> He's like, come here. I'm going to take you under my wing. Let me show you how to do this. That's, that, those conversations have to be. T- had, oh, yeah. Right? It's, it always to me seems like the most awkward thing ever. Like, except for the movies that are like, it's the, like the boyfriend and girlfriend in real life are filming it and they're actually fucking like on screen. Other than that, if it's just like two random actors, uh, yeah, that seems like the most awkward thing. Uh, you haven't seen it, but you really should. Uh, the Rules of Attraction. There's a scene where James Vanderbeek and uh, I don't remember his name. He's got like a three letter name. Um, but another guy make out in the movie and they like, were getting ready to film that. And they looked at each other and they like watching the commentary, James Vanderbeek, uh, I don't remember his name. He was on the lost for a while, but they, they looked at each other and at the exact same time they said, do not stick your tongue in my mouth. Like they were both (laughs) fine with it, but they were both just like, they're not going to know that we don't have our tongues in each other's mouth. So just (laughs) keep it in there. (laughs) I think that that might be the movie where. Uh, probably my favorite, um, weekend update joke of all time. Okay. Which is, uh, I actually don't even remember. I think, was it Jimmy Fallon? It might've been Seth Meyers. It might've been before that. It may've been like David Spade. I don't remember. Anyway, uh, there was a joke that said, uh, uh, James Vanderbeek. What? Kip Pardue is who I'm thinking, <laughs> but that's not him. Go ahead. He's in that movie, but that's not the actor. Thanks for the update. Out. You're welcome. Thanks for the update of what popped into your brain at that very moment. <laughs> uh, the joke is that uh, uh, a, a sex scene between uh, James Vanderbeek and another male actor uh, was cut from the movie. Uh, when asked for a quote, James Vanderbeek said, they were filming that. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, like it's a good joke. That's, that's it's, a good joke. Yeah, it's it's probably my favorite weekend update. That's joke. a very good joke, and it's like, yeah, it's yeah. like you <laughs> shut up. I like. <laughs> I think I think you run the risk with gay jokes like that of of making fun of a of uh, of homosexuals or a specific right. person for actually. Or but, the joke is that he's gay. Yeah, and that's, that's somehow bad, and no, so that's exa- funny. Exactly. Yes. Right. Which is. A hundred percent, right? Ninety percent of the jokes that we make on this podcast, 
Sure. 100%, 90%. Mm-hmm. That's how that 60% works. 60% of the time, it works every time. Yes. <laughs> um, so here, all right, so we get the sex scene. Then we have Ricky, played by Clint Howard, mm-hmm. walking along the street. Picking up random cheeseburger Picking up random pieces. hamburgers. Yes, there was not cheese. That's because right. Because he says in a Hispanic gangster voice. <laughs> is that how it is? He was like, oh, man, there's no fucking cheese. It was the first day of shooting. He was still freaking out his character. Didn't he sound like he was trying to do <laughs> I like a gangster it, it, voice? It sounded weird. I didn't analyze it as much as you. Uh but so Clint Howard, one of his defining characteristics is he has this high pitched squeaky voice. Sure. The two horror films that we've seen him in, they have him using a gruff, gravelly, gravelly voice. Why? Uh, maybe that's his voice, man. That's not his voice. Maybe he affects the other like in public. <laughs> maybe he knows how he looks. <laughs> I remember I watched uh, uh, an interview with him uh, on the ice cream man special edition DVD or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he was saying like his, he's always, as soon as he can get off set, he leaves set. So he was driving home one day from ice cream man and he's in an ice cream man suit covered in blood and stuff. And he's like, he, he knows how he looks like he's saying this. He's a super cool, like down to earth dude. Like Mm -hmm. I I met him at the horror hound and he was super cool. Um, But he was like, I'm well aware of how I look. Like I'll freak people out. Like if I'm staring at him, or whatever in like if you look over at me and I'm staring at you when we're sitting at a traffic light you're going to be super weirded out <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean I feel that same way yes, just but, wearing normal people clothes yes but if you're Clint Howard like that but it wasn't even about him it was just in normal mm-hmm. and then he said he looked over and there was a woman freaking the fuck out because he looks the way he does and he was covered in blood so it was the combo of being Clint Howard covered in blood <laughs> that that's what he was doing he finally did it. He killed his brother. Uh, it, uh, yeah. Fuck I can't. You, Opie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. He was definitely using like a Spanish accent when he picked up that, <laughs> that hamburger and complained that it was not a cheeseburger. So then we, he looks up and there's a woman on a roof. Mm-hmm. And it seems like there might be somebody behind her. Mm-hmm. So it seems like this might be a murder. And then there's like smoke. Yes. And then she catches on fire and jumps. She catches on fire midair, mind you. Like, it looks like she is not on fire when she falls. Then you see a shot where she's on fire. Then she lands, and the entire bottom half of her body no. is non-existent. She, like, catches on fire on the roof, and then, like, she's as she's falling, she's 100% covered her body in fire. Yes. And then when she hits the ground, her top half is fine, mm-hmm. and just her bottom half is, like, burning away. Yes. And Clint Howard is very confused by this because Ricky has never seen fire, apparently. No, he just wants to touch the butt. Because <laughs> he reaches forward and burns the shit out of his hand. By touching her butt. Was it her butt? He touches her butt. Was he going for the butt? He puts two fingers on the butt and is like, ah. I think he And was, like stares at them. I think he was just trying to and figure then out what fire was. We, when we get to the library scene, he reaches out. She's bending over and touches her with the butt with the same two fingers. You're right. So maybe it is a butt thing. He just wants to touch the butt. Okay. That is some commitment when mm-hmm. that's a woman is on fire and you need yeah. to touch the butt. He's not even groping. He's no. T- he's, he's just touching. Yeah. Because it, if you grope, that's like a full-on like 
get the fuck away from me. I, if there's someone around that appears to be strong, I'm going to make him beat you up. Mm-hmm. Touch the butt is like, ooh, get away from me. But like, just go over there. Uh, so, you know, he's learned what he can get away with. I very much hate the fact that uh, as I get older, I realize the shit that women deal with day to day. Like how many comments are and oh, yeah. people ogling him. And there was a video that I saw that was super disturbing. And it was this woman riding a bus. And she's recording video, like holding it out in front of her, recording her front. Mm-hmm. And this dude you're watching creep his hand around the side of her, like getting trying to brush her breast or cup her breast. So she's recording it happening. Mm-hmm. And it is infuriating. Yeah. People suck. People suck so bad. <laughs> yeah. People suck so bad. That's all. People suck. <laughs> uh, okay. So then we meet our protagonist. I wish I had more to say. I don't. But it's like, yeah, like I'm not going to white knight this shit because nobody needs that. I'm not going to be like, no, it's fine because it's not. It's no. It's it just, it sucks. People suck. It shouldn't be that way. It is. Let's try to make it better, but I'm not going to say I have all the answers. Guys suck. There's shitty women, too. This issue is reserved for for guys. Okay. Stop this, guys. People suck. People do. Uh, I'm going to be inclusive. That's fine. (laughs) Do you you hear a lot about women in gropage? Uh, I don't know. I don't think there is a lot of women in gropage. Hmm. Okay, so we meet our protagonist. Just slumped under people suck. Who is uh, a an aspiring journalist, mm-hmm. uh, and she learns of the the fire, right? Yeah, she learns of the fire and decides this is going to be what she's going to look at because look uh, into. during that awkward wrestling sex scene, they're literally showing the burnt body on the news. Yes, it is like. Uh, a corpse of this woman. <laughs> they just show on the news. Yep. And the camera's all up in there. This is faces of death quality video. Mm-hmm. It's on the news. And it doesn't stop either one of them from wanting to continue fornicating. That Nightcrawler totally got paid. He did. He did. Uh, so she decides she's going to investigate this shit, right? So she goes to the area where it was and finds the chalk outline. Is this this movie? Yeah. Where there's a chalk. Yeah. So there's a chalk outline of the top half Mm -hmm. and the bottom half is just a burned outline where her tour. You could also chalk around that. You totally could. However, it was hilarious in a movie that does not try to be funny Mm -hmm. at all. Very confusing here. Uh, Ricky seems like he's funny, but it could just be Clint Howard. Yeah. I don't think Ricky's funny. I don't think Ricky is funny. (laughs) Um, so she's got, she goes into this bookstore and immediately is like kind of getting hit on by the bookstore owner or manager or worker Mm -hmm. in the very creepy way. She gives her something. She's like, touches her a time or two. When she says goodbye, she literally kisses her. Yeah. She gives her a date and then. Yeah. Uh, and and then she's just super casually is, uh, the, 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 the journalist is feeding her because she's like, can you show me the roof where the woman jumped off? 
that is being very forward. That is a good journalist that she's that aggressive and is willing to just dive in and be like, can you show me the roof where this woman just jumped off? Also, she is in worse shape than I am because she goes up about three stairs and is immediately out of breath. <laughs> uh, and like you said, Clint Howard is there just looking like the creepiest guy ever as he's yeah. stalking her through the bookstore. But she does that movie thing that I feel like no one would ever do is like, you know, they're investigating someone who's jumped off a roof. So they get like up right by there and like stick out their arms like they're fucking Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. And like, yeah. Putting yourself in their shoes so you can figure out what's going on. <laughs> I guess. I mean, that's the point, I think, right? They're supposed to be but, like having this moment. But every fucking movie does it. Then who the fuck would actually do that? This is Silent Night, Deadly Night 4. There was some psycho-tronic uh, action going. So the dates in this movie are the oranges from the three. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's an allegory. Gotcha. And... The cockroaches are the grandma? <laughs> the cockroaches are the grandma. I forgot about the grandma. Yeah. She was horrible. She I she was great. She was horrible. Then she got uh, killed. Uh I love the office setting that she works in too, because Reggie Bannister from Phantasm is the editor of this paper. Mm -hmm. And a movie you haven't seen yet, but is a remake me future classic. All right. The friend in this movie? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? The dark-haired woman with the voice? Boys will be boys. Uh, her, she is also the friend in Rumpelstiltskin, a soon-to-be remake-me classic. All right, then. Mm-hmm. Cool. I usually don't tell you, lay out my cards before we watch <laughs> movies. Rumpelstiltskin, that woman's in Rumpelstiltskin. Playing the exact same character, which is the kind of annoying friend with the weird, annoying voice. Does she also say boys will be boys in that movie? I don't know if she says boys will be boys. She might. That's awful. It's horrible. It's the worst thing that you can say. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like there's been a lot of stories like judges saying that shit lately, too. Yeah, there was. I don't know if it was said during the thing, but like this week, a uh, uh, guy who. Uh, like brutally raped this woman mm -hmm. uh got fined four hundred dollars and no jail time is this the one where like the why the prosecutor decided not to it was like because there was only one person complaining or there was only one person yeah, pressing he's charges. like he's like you don't you know you hear what's in the media you don't know like there wasn't enough evidence blah 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 yeah we don't want to destroy we this we took the best deal we don't there want to, zero chance we did we didn't want to destroy this guy's life for only one offense after he just if this is the same one that was i think that might be a different one okay so, this one he was just like we didn't have enough evidence okay so no. we took the best deal but like they had uh like a rape kit and everything so i don't know there was a uh, like that big story about like all the rape kits just getting thrown away recently too yeah I feel like every five years we're reminded that no one ever, like those all just get stored away untested and then thrown away or whatever. I feel like we should start like a GoFundMe, just be like, test all of these fucking things. Yeah. I, I feel like, yeah, that totally should be a thing that has already happened. You would really think there, so, wouldn't you? I feel like there are plenty of celebrities who are like, this is awful. You made $20 million last year. How about you give a million of that to have these tested? I don't know. 
Yeah. Well, what's the dollar amount for one, testing one of those kits? If, if I had to guess, I would say between a thousand and twenty five hundred. I don't know. I legitimately feel like that if that's not a charitable cause, uh, it should be. Like, there's got to be a way to make that happen. So we've done a lot of race episodes. Apparently, this is our Me Too episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is rape in this movie, so there is. Let's get going back to the fun. Yeah. Uh, so he, we said how creepy he is in there. Um, she comes across a butcher when she leaves. Uh, she, it's, she gets, <laughs> she's like trying to get um, peanuts or something on her vending machine. Yeah. What and is then, what is in the vending machine? First of all, I think that, I think that they were like peanuts. They look to me like when you go to the zoo and you get pellets for the goats. <laughs> I don't feel like that makes sense. It's probably peanuts, but I've also never seen peanuts in one of the little dispensers. Yeah. It's like a candy dispenser that you put a quarter in a turn. Mm-hmm. I think I'm pretty sure I've seen like peanuts and I've been like, every time been like that seems disgusting. Yeah, it does. Really? Uh, what would make it more disgusting is if there was a fat Asian man covered in blood that got them out for you and then went to hand them to you. Mm-hmm. Uh Describe the character of Fat Asian Bloody Butcher. Uh, I think you just did. I did, but here's the thing. <laughs> he does a great, he knows tons of English words, but nothing to tie words and noun, or nouns and verbs together. Uh, did you ever watch Family Guy? Yep. Do you know the episode where um, I think it might be Road to Quahog? I'm not certain. I know the first couple of seasons before they brought it back is what I know. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I think. Oh no! This is this. I think this is the episode where Brian figure finds his mom or something. Anyway, Brian gets on um, a truck uh, with a bunch of uh, migrant workers, yep. and uh, he's like poorly trying to like say something in spanish and he was just and like the guy responds like oh that was pretty good but you don't need to say uh yo soy you just need to say soy and he's like oh thank god you speak english and he's like no just that sentence and the sentence explaining it and he's like all right really he goes okay (laughs) <laughs> he was that character that is exactly what was happening he w- he just would speak I, I wish i would have wrote some of them down because some of these were higher functioning english words right mm-hmm. these were not like hello bathroom etc <laughs> these were higher functioning that he could not uh combine at all it was the most painful stereotype of someone that doesn't know english yeah which I don't even like. I didn't even remember how broken it was. In, like when he comes back later, and he's just like, "I feel like he regressed." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he he knew even fewer words by the end of the movie. Uh, when the woman, uh, the journalist, was in the the bookstore, one of the very first things that happens is she gets offered a piece of candy, unwrapped, mind you. And she just immediately accepts. Well, that's at the end of the scene. That's the date. It's a date. Okay. And that's why she has the pit and she hands it and the lady's like, here, let me get that for you. And takes like a 
Kleenex and wipes off her hand and everything. It's a date. That's why I, three times in this movie, because she always eats dates, I made the joke that she's going to get date raped. And on the third one, she actually does. You should be proud of that. Thanks. So, it's like a societal rule. Marianne it's enjoyed like, my joke. It's like when you, uh, like when you take somebody somewhere and you offer them gas money. Like the expectation is, is you don't take the gas money, right? Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, it, it, most. Of I the wouldn't time. call that an expectation. Okay. But whatever. Uh, yeah. What your cheap the money has is. more value for you. I don't think that's a thing. I, I'm saying even when I'm taking someone somewhere, I'm not gr- rapidly accepting this gas money. Yeah. But most of the time, especially when you are not very comfortable with someone, when you're meeting someone like that, it's a casual thing at work. If someone has food, particularly something that is open, not like a bag of candy that are individually wrapped kisses. Mm-hmm. When you offer them one, the standard anticipated response is no thank you like if you're eating a bag of chips and there's an acquaintance near you walking by and you ask them if they want some chips you expect them to say no i think that's just you i think that you feel like you are offering out of some social obligation and then their proper response is to say no but if you offer like you're offering and they could totally say yes and i feel like a lot of the time would i'm not only talking about offering i'm talking being on the receiving end like i your your expectation is not to your your obligation is not to say no you don't have an obligation to say no your obligation is to make up your mind to see if you want a potato chip or not no Mm -mm. you Mm -hmm. don't accept open food that's weird yeah that's fine if i'm just eating a pound of bologna piece by piece (laughs) as i'm known to do (laughs) i would say no because that's gross (laughs) Okay. All if right. If they were pepperoni slices. I guess that might just be. I a, might say, sure, I'll take some. I guess that must just be a, a Russism, apparently. I think that just is sprung from your awkwardness. Mm, thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so Clint you, Howard follows her up to the vent. Or you're you're weird and awkward and a little germaphobic. But the germaphobic probably has a little bit to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. And you have you have made this this uh facade in your brain that no 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 it's out of social obligation it's not that i'm weird about germs and other people's food and where their hands have been and i don't i don't eat any bakery that people bring like people will be like here's a bunch of christmas cookies and i know everyone that bakes is licking their fingers as they're baking that shit and if you say you're the one person that doesn't you're a fucking liar no i'm saying you're a fucking weirdo if, if somebody brings Christmas cookies, my only my only thing is, is there any chance there's weed in here? Because it's probably a no. I thought your only so thing then, would be how many can I take without making it awkward? Like oh, if you just certainly. picked up the entire tray and took it to your desk at work, that, that would, would be, be weird. That would be a faux pas, right? Yes, right. But I'm like, okay, there are about 30 people at work. There are about 30 cookies here. I'm expected to take one. <laughs> there are about 30 people at work. There are about 50 cookies here. I could take two. <laughs> yeah, you definitely do that math, right? Yeah. Okay. It's like pizza math. <laughs> okay, there are three pizzas. It's eight slices of pizza. There are seven people here. I could take four. I could take four pieces. Yeah. You could be a little aggressive with that. Like yeah. Somebody's got to have four. It might as well be me. Because 
you know, that's that's three plus per pe- per person. Yep. So you're gonna round up for you. But, but a lot of people are gonna take like two. Mm-hmm. I could take four, and then when I'm done with that, there will probably still be leftovers. Hey there, hey there, five and six. You're getting in my belly. <laughs> and you do the thing where you're like casually like eyeballing it. Like, are they done? Have they committed to being done? Mm-hmm. They've set their plate down. They're done. Okay, what about that guy over there? Oh, I guess I yeah. Okay, I guess I'll go ahead and have another one of these. Yeah. I suppose. Hmm. See, and then you wait. For, you wait for the people who got like one or two slices to go up and get seconds. And then you're just like, oh, we can have seconds. Oh, okay, oh, okay. I'll just casually must, stroll up. Here I was too. on the, I was on the one. Oh, you know, what? I was, I'm, you know what? I'm gonna take two more. <laughs> There's plenty here. I'm gonna take two more. Did anybody else want seconds? No, no, just me. Okay. Yeah. Clint Howard pulls a giant centipede maggot from a vent on the roof. Uh huh. <laughs> okay. But is is that before or after the? freak out in the apartment uh this is this is all at the same time i think like i feel like all of this happens as she's leaving or whatever he had followed her up to the roof and i think he's like looking off the roof while oh, she's oh that's leaving. right okay it says my note here said what is that and i was trying to remember it was exactly that scene where he just like reaches in and grabs that thing uh yeah so then she goes back to the apartment and there are like bugs everywhere and then like she makes some spaghetti and there's just spaghetti there and then she leaves, and then she comes back, and the spaghetti has become a like a spaghetti hand. Spaghetti hand is a thing. And then it's like pulsating, and then she's like, that's freaky, and she looks over there, and there's like something weird under her couch. So she looks, and it's a fucking giant cockroach. And then like, she freaks out, rightfully so, uh, tries to kill the thing, it disappears. Then she's like, oh, uh... My belly. Part of me was like, did she just did she just get impregnated by a cockroach? Is that what's happening right here? There's luckily no, she just had to throw up. Uh so she throws up and is like at the edge of, at the bathroom door, the cockroach comes in and his like antenna sticks to the door and she's like looking at it and it's like, Okay, this is like You've built up all this tension. This is like the culmination moment. Something is going to happen here. And that something is, we're going to fade to black. (laughs) That's what shitty movies do. They build these really cool situations and then they don't resolve them. Or they just resolve them off screen. And that to me is the definition of what makes a bad movie bad. Because a bad movie with potential. That's that's where it loses all its potential. Because... You had this cool thing, and then you just you faded to black. You didn't know what to do. Spend time on figuring out what to do. You did an amazing job summarizing all of those things. I'm just going to punctuate it by a few things that I want to point out here sure. that happened during the scene. So we've also learned uh, that the spiral is a symbol somehow for women's empowerment. Okay. Right? It, to learned- me, it's like we pointed out that when the credits were like going on, there was like these weird spiral thing. Like that credit doesn't go with like the credits before. It's like they put two credits and match them together. Yep. And then we saw all the big circle thing and we were like, this fucking thing from the credits. Uh, yes. But we learned that, like, I think we read it. And then when she sits down her plate of spaghetti, her spaghetti is also a spiral before it becomes spaghetti hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, the note that I wrote for myself to remind me about this scene, uh, just says giant cockroach and hand spaghetti. 
And then I wrote that, and the follow note that I had there is that is a great punk band name. <laughs> like I feel like there should be a punk band out there named Giant Cockroach and Hand Spaghetti. And Th- the Hand all. Spaghetti, because uh, it sounds classier. It does. You got to throw Giant the, Cockroach the, the, and the Hand Spaghetti. Yes, I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we skipped an entire scene. This is my me pulling Justin right now. Mm-hmm. We skipped when she went to her boyfriend's place. Right. So. The movie starts with the them fucking, mm-hmm. fuck wrestling, and then it goes to, hey, I want to meet your parents. And he was like, what happened to No Strings Attached? If you were to, if you were in a, a relationship isn't even the right word. If you have had the No Strings Attached conversation, if you go from that to want to meet your parents, that's a crazy person. Uh, yeah, that, well... That's somebody that lied about the whole no strings attached thing. Yes. That was somebody trying to, yeah. Yeah, that is someone trying to reel you in. Yes. <laughs> that is a crazy person. Uh, you know what? Get is, away. You know what he does? Takes him to the parents. Yeah. So, so they're there and it's like Christmas Eve, maybe? It's Christmas time. I don't, it's Christmas time in the city. Uh, and like they make drinking is a big thing. And I'm well aware that drinking is a thing for a lot of families. And I was just really happy. Like I hear like how much drinking is a thing for families. And I'm really glad that no, nobody in my family that was ever a thing. Like yeah. it is not a family thing. Uh, I've always been happy about that. My mom would have like a seven and seven sometimes. And like one. And that was it. I, I, I don't even mean that. Or sometimes just, she would get like margarita mix. Yeah. Well, that's so f- like alcohol and like other than my drunkle. Like, alcohol wasn't really a thing. But but I don't even mean an individual having something or whatever because it's what they enjoy drinking. Right. right? My brother-in-law will drink a beer at Thanksgiving because he's a beer guy. Mm-hmm. That doesn't bother me. But, like, there are families in which alcohol is the thing that you do. Yeah, like that's that, Marianne's like, family. And... I don't know. Maybe Her it's just family, anyway. maybe it's just because I've never been exposed to it mm-hmm. the same way that I wouldn't want an Indian uh, uh, wedding. What a- wedding? I don't know. I was just trying to come up with a. Uh, I want an Indian wedding. They're like a week long. Okay, whatever. Crazy. The, and then just, the Indian wedding going on right now was like a hundred million. Like he got Beyonce to play at her pre-wedding, not even at her wedding, at her pre-wedding party. It's crazy. Any scenario for <laughs> in which I haven't been exposed, I might like, but it's just because I like my own traditions. But that's one of them that I really don't want to test out. Like I would go to an Indian wedding. I would go to any other cultural type of event where something else is the center. Mm-hmm. I just can't imagine like alcohol being the center of something. I've never been into New Year's. I never understood the appeal of New Year's. It's my birthday. That's why I'm into it. Yeah, I don't think that's why everybody's celebrating. <laughs> I hate to. Really? I know that's not what your mom told you growing up. Mm. <laughs> Look at everybody celebrating your birthday. It's a countdown to my birthday. <laughs> Three, two, one. It's my birthday. <laughs> I got to stay up till midnight. Uh, I'm tired. Yeah. Uh, her father, his father, is a charmer. I mean, he's anti Semitic. <laughs> You got that going for him. He's a misogynist because he's just constantly talking about the woman's role and how women are horrible and terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a real charmer, this guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's just the the moment where 
uh, the kid's like, uh, do you put up a Christmas tree or whatever it is? And she's just like, no, she's uh, she's Jewish. Which he like yells at his brother. <laughs> no, she's Jewish, damn it! <laughs> like, he's just a little kid. <laughs> he, has, he has no idea that like other religions exist. He's like 12. That's not his role in life right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and, the, and yeah, the dad just like, oh fuck, got one of, one of them. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, we, uh, I, I distinctly remember like when I started dating my wife, uh, and I told my mom like, hey, got a girl that I'm seeing or whatever, blah blah blah. Uh, she really likes, I love Lucy and serial killers or whatever. But uh, not to make this weird or anything, but just so you know, she's Jewish. And I still remember my mom's reaction. And my mom was like super serious and she was like, should that matter? <laughs> like is a hundred percent what she said. Like she didn't give two shits. Right. Yeah. Which I think was like, like in hindsight, like I love my mom so much. That was the perfect answer because she was like, not only didn't give a shit, yeah. but she was worried that that was the wrong answer was not giving a shit. <laughs> like she, I don't know if she was worried I was going to be upset that she wasn't weirded out or upset i don't know but it was 100 percent like is that supposed to matter to me <laughs> yeah it's like she just she wanted to do the right mom thing in the moment i didn't know what it was yeah exactly it's like oh shit <laughs> is that am i supposed to care <laughs> do we have to cut part of your uh, penis off again now? <laughs> uh my my wife did use uh her jewishness for a long time like when she would come over and would like my mom would have made tuna casserole or something that she didn't want to eat just because she doesn't want tuna casserole. She'd just be like, can't eat it Jewish. And my mom's like, I'm so sorry. Let me make you something else. <laughs> like there's no reason that that's the case. She just used my mom's ignorance about it against her. Can I just say I have never had tuna casserole in my life. And if I go to my grave, having still been able to say that, I think that's an accomplishment. It sounds like the grossest thing ever. Uh, I don't think I'll ever have it again because my mom's not there to make it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was great. Like, and I would have to pull it from memory, but uh, like every once in a while with my mother passing, there's like random times that it'll hit me then mm-hmm. it sucks. And one of the ones that frequently happens is when I'm like, like right now, right? Like I got sad right now when, when I said tuna casserole, cause I would totally love to make my mom's tuna casserole. Now I have no idea how the fuck she made tuna casserole. Yeah. Like that happens like a solid couple times a month where I'll be like, want to call her to ask her how she would, cause I would do that in the store constantly. Hey, I'm going to make this. How the hell do you make this? Yeah. And she would run through the list with me. I can't do that anymore. Yeah. So thanks for making me sad. Tuna noodle casserole. You could call your dad and he'd be like, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And then you could be sad Did you together. ask your mom? <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just bring everybody down with me. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. good. I don't know why we're talking. How we're, oh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. I could, well, no, I meant I couldn't figure out how we got there, but we were talking about the, the in-laws and everything. Yeah. Uh, okay. So she goes on her date. She goes on her date. With the woman. The picnic thing? Uh, well, she ends up at her house. Right? Because yeah. so she like, makes her tea. With like the girls. Oh, yeah. Okay. So... After they visit the in-laws, like, they have a fight, and they're, like, done. And then, uh, 
she goes on a picnic and she gets fed a date again and then she like gets all woozy and then the librarian like kisses her like on the lips and then like frolics off with her friend (laughs) and then like and her friends are totally like i think the frat boys right they're like oh yeah you kissed her (laughs) Like, it's like a 60-year-old lady, like, oh, yeah, you kissed her. Good for you. And then the dude is like, there you are. Why didn't you come to work? Uh, And then everything's fine again. She takes him to the roof, and then they make out, and, like, that fight was meaningless. It meant nothing. Like, there there was literally no consequences from their fight. Cool. Yes. Uh, so she ends up hooking up with her again, right? Or they go, where does she end up at the house? Um, I'm trying to remember the excuse for going to the house and I don't remember it. So it doesn't, here's the thing. She's at the house and she roofies her right in front of her. Like she, they are sitting across from each other. She watches her roofie her and then drinks it. And then it immediately passes out. Uh, yeah. She gives her a date again and the date turns into a cockroach. And then she eats it anyway, even though it's a cockroach date. Yeah, things are starting to happen here. This movie's weird. Uh, So then they're like, well, you don't need these clothes. And they strip her down naked from the waist up. Yep. And start drawing on her. And then Ricky brings the alien thing. And like, this is going inside of you. Uh, and like goes in her tummy tum and, and she spits out like a cockroach, but like the stretch limousine version of a cockroach. Like you've ever seen a stretch Hummer. Mm-hmm. This was a stretch cockroach. Yes, it was. Uh, and it, the scene looked really good. There's a lot of good things that I really like the way they look in this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that. Like when she spits it out her, like. This is all her mouth is all like drooly and foamy, yes, in like a really gross way. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Uh, Clint Howard at this point, uh, is when he watches Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah, uh, he shows up at her apartment, yeah, like, she sort of attacks to, her. She comes to and is like, Oh, everyone's gone. I probably imagined all of that. I'm just gonna leave, and then they like gather around her. And I'm like, you're not fucking going anywhere. And she's like, oh, I guess I'm not going anywhere. And then bolts for the door. <laughs> They're just like, we never saw that coming. <laughs> Somebody, Judy, why aren't you standing in front of there? That was your one job. Uh, Clint, I'm old. Clint Howard chases her around with a, a steak knife, like the actual shitty steak knife. The mm-hmm. same steak knife that dude from Blue Ruin cut his hand on, right? This is the shitty steak knife that everybody has that doesn't actually cut steak. Mm-hmm. And he is just stabbing tiny little holes in the the, the cardboard door. Uh, and then <laughs> she sees that he's there. She sees the knife go through the door. So then what does she do? She sticks her foot under the door <laughs> for him to go stabby stab. <laughs> like, that's exactly what he was going to do. He was never not going to do that. Uh, at this point... Clint Howard curses a few times too. Clint Howard is not made for cursing. Like it does not come out of his mouth. Right. There are both movies here have people speaking when they shouldn't be speaking. 
uh, for tonight. And Clint Howard should not be cursing. He can say lots of things. He doesn't have he. Clint Howard is creepy. He is not scary. He is not intimidating. He's he's crazy scary, like wiry type of scary. Yes. Like I'm off my rocker and yes. I don't care. He yeah he but but it, to wrestle with him. Yeah. I think 99% of people could take him down. Yeah. The, chasing after with a tiny little knife is not scary Clint no. Howard. But if he bites off your Achilles tendon. Yeah. Or is just like smelling you in the grocery store. Like <laughs> that would be. If you hear about somebody smelling somebody in a grocery store, they gu- are guaranteed to look like Clint Howard. <laughs> uh, sure. Mm-hmm. Or uh, Jake Gyllenhaal from. Um, that Hugh Jackman movie. Hugh Jackman movie. Uh, yeah. Or not not Jake Gyllenhaal in that. It's the other guy. I don't know. Okay, good one. Nailed Jeffrey it. Dahmer. Uh so now That's a really good movie and I don't remember the name of it. Damn it. So we have our group rape here. And is it Reggie Bannister? Is it Eli her boss? Is the one actually doing the raping? No, it's Ricky. It is Ricky. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We well, had a mask on, so it, yeah, I they couldn't put tell. The weird Italian doctor mask yeah. on, but it's definitely. I like, could just tell bald it's head. Not a point. It definitely rounds off, and I was like, "He's gonna fuck her with that mask." He doesn't though. He fucks her with his mask penis. Uh, I saw a review of La Pena, uh, Penis. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. That's not as. <laughs> for penises that's not as bad as it sounds hold on of a beavis and butthead porno beavis and butthead porno so that's why my mind went to penis and are they just like live action dudes in those shitty masks they're not in shitty masks they have like paper mache nose that they try to use which one has the pointy nose uh i think it's beavis or but guy from slipknot i don't know but it's like this exaggerated paper mache nose that they're trying to use it as the penis to penetrate the woman. Nice. That's why I accidentally, right that's there. why I accidentally said penis there. <laughs> it makes more sense than, <laughs> than you would actually think. So then, uh, okay. He kill Ricky kills Hank. And, the friend comes over and Ricky's got the knife in his hand and you're like, oh shit. And then she's like, Ricky, why'd you kill him? You weren't supposed to kill him. Don, Don, Don. She was in on it the whole time. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. So Do you think that happens in Rumpelstiltskin too? Pro- probably. Is that her character too? Is the backstabbing annoying friend? Turns out she was necroblubber. What? Whatever Rumpelstiltskin is backwards. I didn't. Oh, okay. I didn't try to do it in my head. She's in the coven. Yeah. Uh. So, I'm just trying to finish this off here. Okay. So let me go quick. So things that are awesome that happens here is they keep having this finger thing that's fucking awesome, where her fingers like turn into Stretch Armstrong dolls mm-hmm. on their own, and it's very Cronenbergian. Yeah. Where they mix together, they twist. Her legs go into their own like little mermaid into, things. I thought that they were like lesbian mermaids for a second because she like her legs fuse together. And lesbian like, mermaids is also a great punk band. <laughs> uh, they could do a cover of Lesbian Seagull. Um, 
yeah, I totally thought she was a mermaid, and then she just, like, no, she just came out of a vagina cocoon. Yep. The butler shows up and is involved as well. So pretty, pretty much everybody here, because he shows up and he's like, you've been initiated. That's the Asian guy. Yeah. the but- I'm butcher, not butler. <laughs> I was like, what butler? This is like poor <laughs> New York. So this, this, this movie is the Wizard of Oz of which bug movies because it's like and you were there and you were there and you were there and you were there everybody is involved in the coven of bug witches okay so she's now like her legs come back they've been cocooned and so now uh she has to go kidnap hank's brother so that they can kill him yeah that's the final step to be initiated yeah so they take him to the roof or she's like, I don't want to. And then she's like, her feet start getting a little crispy. And she has firecracker legs. And Ricky's like, you got to do what they say or you're going to catch on fire. And she's <laughs> like, I don't want to catch on fire. Fine, I'll do it. And then her, they just go out. Uh, so <laughs> they kidnap him. Uh, I just love that she takes off in the van uh, without Ricky. Yes, this is and then amazing. He's just running after <laughs> it. And then you cut to inside, and the boy's just like, I got to escape. She, I got to get out of this thing. Because yeah, she told him that his brother was in there. Yep. Uh, and so he's just like, um, He's not back here. Uh, fuck, I'm getting kidnapped. I'm just going to open this door and jump out. <laughs> Instead, Ricky fucking jumps in and pushes him yes. off camera. I love that. In my head, really hard. Just like shoves him as hard as he can. Just, ah! I made it. I legitimately love that scene because she's just ditching Ricky. Like everything came together. So perfect right there. I really did love that scene. Uh, so then they go to the top of the roof. And they're like, you got to kill him. And instead, she instead of stabbing him, she's also like all of the bugs come out. Like all the bugs are like, this is my favorite part. We're all coming mm-hmm. out. And uh, she goes to stab him. And she, the librarian's like, here, I'll help. And instead, she helps stab herself in the gut. Uh, wait, wait, wait. What did she do? She uh, stabbed herself in the gut. What? Is there another way to describe that? Um, I think. I, th- I think it's also described like as the tummy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to figure out yeah. if there was a w- another way to be described of like if you had a skewer. Well, no, it was a, it was a knife in the belly. Is there a, a way? See a skewer, you put like meat, vegetables, sometimes pineapple. Just do it, Justin. Skewer and a belly. <laughs> <laughs> You've been making me do that for like <laughs> almost 20 years. Do you it's realize still, that? It still gets me. I still love it. <laughs> dance, monkey, dance. Skew it into belly, it's sir. Not, it's not like I'm sending you, like calling you randomly in the middle of the night. Like, say it. Say it. <laughs> uh, you missed an important step here in the Silent Night, Deadly Night uh, uh, series, though, is that Ricky strangles Hank's mom 
with Christmas lights. The dad. The dad, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's the closest thing to a Silent Night, Deadly Night kill that we have in this movie. <laughs> yes, and they spontaneously combust for no reason. Um, He's strangling them with them, and then I guess because they're lights on a tree, they start they're dangerous. catching on fire? They're dangerous. <laughs> if 2020's taught me anything, it's you have a live tree with lights, you will die. I have a live tree with lights. You will die. Damn Baba it. Walters told me. Who? Oh, Barbara Walters. <laughs> I was like, 2020, that's still like a year change away <laughs> yeah not the year uh so she ends up taking her firecracker legs into the shower like that's gonna help anything yeah we're past that i already i literally talked about that go ahead we're at the the clam and then the she falls off the roof and dies <laughs> fuck you she gets skewered bowing <laughs> and then she's like i I did not think that this was going to happen. <laughs> My firecracker legs. <laughs> the boy. The that's, boy a song, like, that's a song by lesbian mermaids. His firecracker legs. <laughs> the boy runs off. Uh, and she's all like, well, I have this knife in my gut. I'm just going to take it out. And I'm going to stab you with it. And Ricky's like, don't stab her. That would be bad. And she's like, you're right. I'm going to stab you. So she stabs him, and then the bugs start to eat him. And then she's all like, what's happening with my fingers? Oh, they're going to form this weird dildo that's on fire, and I'm going to put it in your gut. Yeah, it does. It forms a Stretch Armstrong fire dildo. Mm -hmm. And she shoves that in her gut, and she's like, oh, I'm made of lamp oil. And <laughs> goes up and jumps off the roof. Uh, and then the kid comes out and is like, well, it's all over now. You've been in this for 12 seconds. What? You don't know what's been going on? You don't know that it started as in the beginning, middle, or end. You have no idea, and that's the last line of the movie, and credits roll, and this movie sucks. <laughs> this movie did live up to the glory wholeness that I think we had hoped for it, however, right? Did you expect Stretch Armstrong Hands? No, I didn't expect anything in this movie. Did you? <laughs> I didn't expect anything from it, and I was rewarded for those expectations. Uh, yeah. I. This My is, last note here is, I guess that was technically a movie. This movie is terrible. Yeah. I feel like the only reason anyone talks about it is because it is Silent Night, Deadly Night 4. I don't know that people talk about it. Who talks about it? I mean, you run in circles that I don't. Yeah. But I feel like when, you know, I'd never heard of Silent Night, Deadly Night. I knew the Garbage Day thing from two, but I've never heard of it. But I feel like that is a movie with a little bit of prestige, even if it's dirty prestige, that I, you know, might come into my circle. There is zero chance that this would ever come into my circle. No one no one talks about this. The reason that I think that it, my whole point is, the reason that it would come into anyone's circle is, is because it would be, can you believe this crazy-ass movie that has nothing to do with Silent Night, Deadly Night is Silent Night, Deadly Night 4? Mm -hmm. If it was just called Initiation, it would just be in the VHS uh, grave, never having made its way to anything else. Yeah. Instead, it probably got like a 2K, 4K, or 8K transfer. Oh, yeah. It's coming for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, right along with Rawhead Rex. Rawhead Rex or Silent Night, Deadly Night 4? 
Probably Rawhead Rex. Yeah. That one was yeah. almost, that one that movie was almost a movie. Uh here's the question. Santa Slay Justin, is it a movie? Uh I just opened this water and dropped the cap already <laughs> on my first drink. <laughs> That's fun. Uh Santa Slay is a movie. Okay. And it's kind of great. It's really, really bad. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of great. Okay. I will say that I feel like the first two thirds of the movie are great. And then it was like, oh, fuck, we have to make a movie with a story. Let's poop out this last, this third act. No, the whole third act is about curling. My favorite winter sport. <laughs> Let's start. Have I talked about my love of curling for this? Uh, give this? us a synopsis. Uh, Santa sleigh is what if Santa wasn't was Santa but also a demon who had lost a bet and that's why he was nice and now he's not nice anymore. Good. Uh, we get our opening scene with the curly haired girl that was in uh, a teen show in the early 2000s. 90210. 90210. She, like, okay, I watched, I don't remember, if, yeah, I think, yeah, Marianne stayed through all this one. She, she powered through both of these. Whoa. Good for her. Good yeah. for her. Uh, so, I got to learn all about how she was on Beverly Hills 90210, and uh, she died, and everyone thought that Dylan had killed her, but Dylan didn't kill her, and all this other stuff. Spoilers, bro! <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, we also get Chris Kurtan, mm-hmm. uh, James Caan, mm-hmm. and Fran Drescher. Yes. All in the same scene. And... The dog, which is a Pomeranian, is credited in IMDb as to being the same dog from Mad About You, except that dog would be like 15 years old and is totally not a Pomeranian. Hmm. So I think they just have the same name. And IMDb is, uh, yeah. Fallible? Okay, so SAG. So, you know, if there's... Russell Hall has a SAG card. Mm-hmm. You would have to be like Russell Montgomery Hall or something. Yes. Uh, Montgomery isn't actually your middle name, but <laughs> it would be cool if it was. That is a good. Yeah, Russell Montgomery Hall. That sounds. Yeah. That's fucking. That's that yeah. has it sounds, power to it. Sounds regal. That's yeah. That sounds like old money. Uh. So the dog's name was Maui. Is there dog SAG? Dogs get SAG cards? I don't know if they get... They, they've got to have some some registry. No pun intended. <laughs> I realized the registry was... <laughs> I'm putting the dogs in a box. <laughs> do, you, do, do the dogs like trains? How about ovens? Uh, so, there's some great jokes in this opening scene. It really is awesome. Uh, there's, at one point, I think James Kahn tells Chris Kattan he's half a fag. And I was like, this is this movie. I did. All right. So watching this movie, I didn't realize how dated 2005 could be and how long ago it was. Mm -hmm. This movie, if it was a scratch and sniff box, it would smell like 2005. Mm -hmm. Like it is incredibly 2005. (laughs) It's so 2005. So like fag, you can get that. I talked to you about, uh, 
Survivor. We started to watch everything again. So mm-hmm. we started season one. Like, there's a huge thing where the, the, the guy that wins it, the whole time he references himself as a fat, naked fag, and everybody calls him that. And I'm like, oh, my God, what was happening in the early 2000s that this was airing on on national television? And everybody was like, yeah, that's fine. It didn't have the stigma attached to that. I, I I obviously know that, but I'm saying it's amazing how you, you don't think that was that long ago. You think about 2005, you're like, oh, it was right after we graduated high school. Yeah. There's definitely a datedness to that movie. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Chris Kattanen is in it is the very first reason oh, yeah. that you can know that. Uh-huh. <laughs> he hasn't been in Dick since 2005. I don't know why we... Pro- if you check his IMDb, this is probably his last credit. Uh, I blame myself. I should have researched more. I had never seen Slain Slay before we watched this. I just knew it was on your radar. Mm-hmm. That's why we watched it. But we should have got Saxophone Ryan here. Because I feel like he is president of the Chris Kattan fan club. Sure. Uh... <laughs> okay. So my best friend from high school, Brent, you know Brent, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he loved WCW wrestling so much that he uh, really likes this movie. I never watched it with him, but he really liked this movie because Goldberg's in it. Uh, so this was 2002, I think. So we we went and were, were like, you know, we're technically adults. We should have cell phones. Let's go get our own cell phones. And back then... You were like, I only have 12 minutes left this month. Don't call me or call me after nine. Yeah. Yes. People don't understand. Yeah, people don't understand that. I was just talking to somebody about that today. Like, that was a huge thing for our generation. And you'd get, like, the faint beep in the background saying you had 10 seconds left in that minute before it rolled into a new minute. Mm -hmm. That was a huge thing, for sure. The the advent of free nights and weekends was huge. It's huge. We we didn't we didn't dream of rollover. We didn't have rollover. Your kids and your rollover. Uh, so we're, it was back at the time where like nobody had cell phones. You know they weren't a huge thing yet. So we just got to pick any number we wanted. And so uh, I picked one one eight four because that's my birthday. Uh, and he picked. Based on his favorite wrestlers and their card value in the WCW card game that came out for like a month and immediately failed and they discontinued. So each Please one tell had, me like, that's a, still each his one had like a star number. Yes, I would. <laughs> uh, I would have said exactly what that combination was but it's still his phone but then number. i realized that's still his phone number <laughs> yes i love that that's still his phone number <laughs> so it was like his favorite uh his favorite wrestlers and their uh card value and that became his phone number and it's great that's amazing yeah i love that you were hesitant to say his phone number but you said the last four of your phone number it's not my phone number anymore oh okay okay yeah uh yeah, See, that I was got, fantastic. I got screwed because that was my birthday and I really wanted that. But, you know, I was eighteen and still like my mom was all like, You you know, focus on your education, you don't need a job, just go to college. And so like I had no income. So my mom was paying for it. And then she was like, Oh, I'm gonna get your grandma on it 
And so my grandma got her birthday as her phone number. And then my grandma was like, I never use this thing. I don't want it anymore. And so then they canceled my phone and I got her phone. So now I'm stuck with my grandma's birthday instead of my birthday. And it's not as cool. Uh, yeah, we had the same thing. So we, uh, I got my mom a phone, like on my girlfriend at the time, my wife's now plan. Mm -hmm. And we got, I got the same last four digits as my parents' home phone number. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then just as things have changed, that phone number has became my wife's phone number. So the last four (laughs) digits of my wife's phone number is our home phone number growing up, which is still my parents or my dad's now, I guess. Last four digits of his phone. That's cool. I don't think that exists anymore. I think people are like, fuck you, this is your phone number. Oh, yeah. Because, like, it's like we bought, like, this block and we have eight left, so you get one of the eight. Yes. Yeah. Nope. Uh, it was like trying to register domain names back in the day. Yeah. Just like sex.com for eight ninety nine a month or eight ninety nine a year. I Any, you can't have a URL less than, I don't remember if it's three or four characters with you, like, like regular domain registries can't sell those. They have to like, you have to get s- special permission from really the governing body. Hmm. I can. Weird. Yeah. Uh, so Santa Claus shows up and fucking kills everybody, including Fran Drescher. What is all right? So I've is this a fetish? <laughs> I setting people on fire. Fran Drescher, okay. huge turn on. Okay. Uh, Jennifer Tilly. Uh. Sherry Moon Zombie, like that annoying high-pitched voice, the mm-hmm. chick from Santa Slay that was also in Rumpelstiltskin, the friend that turns out she was a, yeah, mm-hmm. that that's a turn on for me. Okay. Like that fucking high-pitched, nasally, whiny-ass voice. <laughs> I don't know what that is. That's a weird thing, right? Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I see, I feel like I like Jennifer Tilly in spite of that voice, the fact mm-hmm. that she has the baby I, voice. It's... It's not a conscious thing that I'm like, oh, I, I, I yeah, love I that voice. But I think you I, recognize. Yes, it's yeah. something that I recognize by seeing all those people that I have this thing for all mm-hmm. of those people. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Silverman, I think, has that same kind of deal a little bit. Sarah Silverman has a deeper voice. I don't I know. Like... I watch Wreck-It Ralph and get an erection. Because she's playing like a four-year-old. <laughs> I, that was a joke. <laughs> Maybe you're just a pedo. <laughs> Oh, that's not funny. <laughs> that is not funny. <laughs> um, yeah, so <laughs> the thing that Marianne said to her, this is the Fran Drescher's like, oh, when Fran Drescher spoke, she's like, oh, she gets to use her real voice instead of her annoying voice. And I'm like, it's like the nanny minus 5%. Yeah, exactly. No, it's, it's, it's a little less annoying than the nanny, but barely. Yeah, no, it's... It's like uh, she, the nanny is her just hyped up just yeah. with an exclamation mark. It's her mark. as a wrestling character. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's still her. Uh, so we have half a fag. We also have the girl thanking uh, her God for not making them poor or Samoan. <laughs> and I loved Samoan because it wasn't it wasn't one of like the big two that you're going to be racist against, oh, yeah. right? Like yeah. you picked this. Not really obscure, but it's definitely the backup player for if you're going to be racist against somebody. Is Samoan? It is. It's wrestling racism. Mm. Samoans are very. Actually, I think that might have been a direct dig at The Rock. Think so? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, at the end of this movie, Santa's wearing a Bill Goldberg hat. So there's definitely wrestling involved in this movie. It might have been. Okay. 
that's fair. Might have been a wrestling thing. Yeah. Regardless, it was hilarious because, again, Samoan is not your go-to racism no, yeah. thing. Um, the So the, the Chris Kattan asks his wife what she wants for uh, Christmas, and she says a faithful husband. Yeah. And James Caan is like, yeah, that's not going to happen. And then Fran Jester and Chris Kattan basically fuck under the table. Yeah. Yeah, that was weird. Sure was. I feel like anything involving sex and Chris Kattan do not go together at all. Yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't seem like a sexual person, does he? <laughs> no. He seems like a man child. Yeah, he's he's very small. Uh, so he shows up, and we get some really good kills. Uh, he, Fran Drescher's character is named Virginia. He comes down the chimney breaks through it and says yes virginia there is a santa claus and lights her ass on fire yes and it uh, looks good like well, he, he he says that and then he kicks the pomeranian across the room <laughs> <laughs> yes virginia there's a santa claus kick the dog let's fucking do this kills everyone and we go to credits yeah one of the credits is for dave thomas mm-hmm. the founder of wendy's yes that's it <laughs> just so uh I was just having a conversation literally the day I watched this, the morning before. Uh, and I don't remember what it was, but, you know, we were just um, chatting in Instant Messenger at work. And the guy said, blah, 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 NDT. And then, like, left. And I was like, what does NDT stand for? Uh, and I just named off a bunch of things. And one of them was Naked Dave Thomas. Uh, and he's like, Neil deGrasse Tyson. I was like, oh, that makes sense. And then I just started, I tried to be like, oh, yeah, like I like my, I liked my Dave Thomas joke because it could be talking about SCTV or could be talking about founder of Wendy's. And then like I did a Google image search trying to find a picture that had both of the Dave Thomases in it. And I didn't find that. What I did find is Dave Thomas, the founder of Wendy's uh, with a bunch of D&D books, which led to an article about how... uh, in the years before Dave Thomas died, he spent like all his time on this D and D forum, just talking to people about D and D. And they were like, "Are you the real Dave Thomas?" And he's like, "I sure am." And they were like, "Well, how do you know?" And then he sent them like a care package with a bunch of like stuff and signed stuff. And uh, he's like, "It could have been a troll, but it'd be pretty elaborate." I'm pretty sure Dave Thomas visited our website, and I was just like, "That's awesome." That like that's just an old guy who, like, loved board games and had an outlet to talk about them. I love when you when like people get turned. You're right there. Sorry, my the computer went black and then I couldn't get back on. Uh, it turns turns when people turn into real people. Yeah, like like John Carpenter. We have talked to like he loves basketball. He doesn't give a shit about his movies. Mm-hmm. He wants to talk about basketball. And he wants to talk about video games. Like, all he does is play video games. Yeah. Have I talked to you about meeting Robert Patrick, a horror hound? Uh, the T-1000? Probably, but go So, uh, it was like a Sunday, and he was one of the last people we were getting before we headed home. So, it's let's, let's say it ends at 1 o'clock on Sunday, and we were in his line and met him at noon on Sunday. So, we get to the front of his line, and he's signing our, our 8 by 10 and stuff. Uh, and you're just making small talk like you do. Yeah. 
uh, and I'm not one to like ask a bunch of questions because I know they've got the same questions that if I really want to know the answer, I can look at it in an interview or whatever, right? Um, but he uh, he said like he's looking forward to it being done because he's he's hungry and he's going to go to Cracker Barrel. So it was me and my wife. So I do no, remember the story now. No joke. Robert Patrick and I spent like five minutes talking about how much we fucking love Cracker Barrel and it's both of our favorite places. And like, at least for that four or five minutes, which is a long time to have a conversation with somebody. Mm-hmm. He was involved in that conversation. We were on the same level of just people that really like Cracker Barrel. And it was one of the best interactions I've had. Not about anything related to being the Terminator or in Terminator or X-Files mm-hmm. or any of that shit. It was just two dudes talking about how much they love Cracker Barrel. And it was one of my favorites because I got to interact with him on a personal level because he was interacting me on a real person level yeah. instead of that. Yeah. I have a question for you about Cracker Barrel. Okay. Have you ever been to a Cracker Barrel and gotten a plate full of food where every item was at approximately the temperature it's supposed to be at? Because I never have. Well, here's the thing. I don't like warm food. That's not like I'm totally, this is 0% a joke. Like I will let my, like when I warm food, I will let it sit till be to room temperature before I will eat it. So I assume that's where you're going. And that might be part of the reason why it's I love it so I'm much. Going, I'm like, I'm going to like my Salisbury steak is fine, but my potato casserole is ice cold or like this cottage cheese is warm. Why is this cottage cheese warm? Like it, Every single time they find a new way to disappoint me with the temperature <laughs> of food, and it's always a grab bag. <laughs> I don't think that I've put that much notice into it, no. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I You love chain restaurants in a way that <laughs> I. it's just weird. Like, I, you know, I'll eat, I'll eat whatever, but, like, if I'm going to a place, like... You go to a place and you're just like, do they have a Cracker Barrel? And I go to a place and I'm just like, what's the weirdest food I can eat here? Like, yeah. I find what I like and I stick to it. That's why I've seen Maniac Cop 123 times. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess. Uh, so, so the very first, th- so then we, after the post credits, we get uh, Bill Goldberg as Santa with his oxen. Yeah. I feel like they spent... 80% of the movie's budget on that opening scene. Uh, it looks great. Yeah, it looked great. Like, that's where all the actors are. Yes. Uh, and the ox looks great. Yeah, the hell deer. Yes. It's awesome. And I think that that was genius of them, so they only had one animal to deal with instead mm-hmm. of all the reindeer. Uh, but it, the movie benefited from it, I really believe. Yeah. It is pretty awesome. Uh they definitely show that his, he can fly. His sleigh can fly. Yes, but it also has rockets. Yes, but he also runs around on the road a whole lot yes. for having a magical flying craft. I think he just wants to fuck people up. Sure, but he got awful mad riding behind that old cranky lady. Yeah, and he fucked her shit up. Because that woman was a bee, man. Yeah. she, She was... A B, I guess. Uh, there was a moment. She said the fuck word. Where somebody does the finger game where they show you yeah. the, the hole. Uh, 
so there is a guy that I work with that does that fucking constantly. Mm-hmm. And he's supposed to be my peer. So I can't punch him in the head. <laughs> but I fucking. As if he were your subordinate. I hate or that your... gay. You hate that gay? I hate that game. Oh, game. <laughs> uh, I refuse. I just I, don't play on. it. I. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out like how his status at your at your work place of business denotes whether or not you can punch him in his head because I'm pretty sure just being a dude who works at the same place that you work says you probably can't punch him in the head. Well, here's the thing: I have to like hold him up to a degree, right? Like you got it's like he's my work wife. Okay, okay. so when my wife does something. I disagree with my wife on something punch her in the head. I want to punch her in the head. Um, I want to punch I her. You need therapy. No, no, no. I mean, when I disagree with my wife about something for it. W- with the kids, right? So she tells the kids, no, you can't do this. Or yes, you can do this. I still have to support her in mm-hmm. front of the kids. Right. And then once we're, the the thing's gone i can be like hey i disagree with that but i wasn't going to undermine you in front of the kids right mm-hmm. here's the thing if he was a subordinate then i could totally just take him into a corner and punch him in the head figuratively right <laughs> or if he was a superior then i could just mock him when he walked away but because he is my work wife and my peer i have to keep him held up to this level and I have to support him in the things that he choose, the decisions that he makes. And one of those decisions is to do this fucking finger game constantly. <laughs> and it pisses me off so much. It's a thing on the internet, too. There are a lot of pictures that are just like, they have something very obvious. And it says, like, look at the ceiling. And then you look at the ceiling. And there's another note that says, look at the floor. And you look at the floor. And it's like, look at this other thing. And you look at the other thing. And it's like a hand doing that. I hate it mostly because of that guy. Yeah. Um, so there's cool kids riding in the car, right? So you get uh, cute guy, cute girl. I have a question for you. Okay. Jumping ahead a bit, but this character is introduced. What is Jewish deli man's relationship to protagonist? Uh, I thought it was just employer. Why is there a picture on his wall of him and the deli man and his grandfather? Uh, because that was, we know that deli man is not a good gift giver. So that is what he got him for his birthday. Just made that shit up. I did, but that's a good answer, right? Like that he, fits. He, that fits. He gave him on his birthday this thing and then took it from him and put it on his own wall in his own shop yeah he was like i want to display this <laughs> okay um all right no in all sense seriousness i feel like maybe the grandfather worked there at some point i don't know it's weird it doesn't make yeah. any sense because he seems he's very fatherly yeah for sure but he's obviously not his dad no like is 100 percent confirmed when he dies and his last words are, there really is a Santa Claus. And then our protagonist says back to him, 
I thought you guys didn't believe in that. Yeah. So right there, you know, oh, that's not his dad. That's not his adopted dad. Nothing. No, there's nothing to him. It's his employer. Yeah. That has so little going on with his life that he has pictures He's of his employees and his grandfather. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. All right. Um, so the the cool kids seeing them in the car and like the haircut, I was like 2005. That's the moment that I realized 2005 has a timestamp mm-hmm. associated with it. Because um, this is Emile de Raven right before she's like, or like maybe on the summer of the first season of Lost filming this. Uh, and she's going to like be that girl from Lost for the rest of her life. Oh, that's who that is. Yeah, that's Claire. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I watched this whole movie thinking like, she is so pretty. Like not yeah. not at all in a sexual way. Mm-hmm. Like I, that's also when I realized how old I am. <laughs> not, not even joking. Sure, I was seriously yeah. like, she's so pretty and I have zero sexual feelings towards her. <laughs> and then I was like, what the fuck? Oh, I'm old. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because I would have passed watched- that point where just like hormones are through your whole body which is like yeah hopefully around 28 that kind of stops i don't know i don't know what it like because i did have that moment where i was like wait a minute in 2005 i totally would have been like she's so hot oh yeah but i feel like i'm to that dad stage where i was like she's super pretty like i would for her yes exactly she's gonna do well in life like i would see her dad and be like you have a beautiful daughter like instead of like elbowing somebody and being like look how hot she i was 100 percent like oh i would i would Put like um um yeah. <laughs> so put it put it in yeah. Put it yeah. Mm, that is touch it. I have no idea what you're talking about. That is not what I was saying at all. No, that's that's you earlier. Oh okay. And then now that you're old. Yeah. Now I'm like. That. Yeah. Now I'm like you are gonna you are gonna do really well for yourself. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna have some lovely kids. <laughs> Good for you. Good, good. Here, you get good genes. Here's a piece of hard candy. <laughs> uh, so she's like, you, you seem to hate Christmas. Uh, what's, what's the, what's up with that? And he's like, I always got lame gifts. I would always ask for like an Optimus Prime, and I would get. He calls it. Um, what does he call it? He says Optimus Prime, but doesn't say. He says Optimus Prime doesn't say Easy Bake Oven. He says, like, f- fun oven or something. Sure. It's really stupid. Uh, and so then... Oh, he talks about Castle Grayskull, too. Yeah. So he says Castle Grayskull, he says Optimus Prime, but doesn't say Easy Bake Oven. They also have Pepsi products and reference Coke in the movie, which seemed odd to me. Yeah. It's always one or the other. I guess that's how you know it's not product placement. It's yeah. just writing. I found my so there he opened the fridge at one point and there was mug root beer and Pepsi and I was like I don't know the answer to this question I guarantee you mug is Pepsi owned and it is yeah uh, so is we Pepsi and Barks is Coke and then A and W is its own thing uh, but it, I think it gets co bottled to Seven Up so we uh, meet the grandfather uh, who Christopher Lloyd was unavailable so they got this guy <laughs> uh, this is the guy. From I Spy, it was him and Bill Cosby. So like he's he's a dude who's had a career. You said I Spy. I thought Jackie Chan and Owen Wilson. Shanghai Knights. <laughs> I thought there was an I Spy with those two also. Was there? I don't know. I don't know. 
I feel like I might have just combined those two movies myself. Regardless, Maybe, the, I, there wasn't. I mean, we're still. There was that Starsky and Hutch. Let's remake everything from the sixties and seventies, and like just recent, like a few years ago, we got the Man from Uncle, and all these bullshit, terrible things. It's like always a thing. Have you seen pictures of Jet Li lately? No. Like they were surfacing online. Like Jet Li apparently hurt his back really bad and retired. Okay. A few years ago, and he totally looks like somebody's grandfather now. Like he does not look recognizable. Mm-hmm. Like he looks older than Jackie Chan. He went from Jackie Chan to Pat Morita. Yes. No, and not not. No, I'll find it while we talk. Um, so when we first meet Grandpa, he says he drops. He gets scared. Drops a box of light bulbs. Uh huh. And says, oh my goodness, that's the second box of light bulbs I've dropped today. Like, that in and of itself is hilarious to me because it's, they tried to come up with this big crash or something absurd, Mm -hmm. and they double down on the absurdity by saying that's the second time he's dropped it. Yeah, the grapple's awesome. Like, this, this uh, this is a quality movie. This is a quality movie. Where Fran Drescher's hair gets caught on fire (laughs) and then she's drowned in a punch bowl. It's a quality movie with Chris Kattan. Yes. <laughs> this, to be fair, this is—it's probably this or Night of the Roxbury that is the best movie to ever have Chris Kattan in it. Oh, it's got to be Night of the Roxbury, bro. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Where are we at? I was finding. I was looking so for. So then she comes over and brings the grandpa Wolverine, but it basically just looks like roadkill. Uh, and then <laughs> they hang out. It's oh, hold on, the the Wolverine roadkill thing is incredible because she's so proud of it, and he opens it up, and it still has hair and shit all over it. Yeah, it's gross, disgusting. Uh, so then they're like totally about to Netflix and chill, and then he gets all crazy, like about how other people, not her, how other people always talk how about how crazy his grandfather is. Even though he had just said, everybody says you're crazy, and I think you're, I'm starting to think you're crazy too, to him earlier. He gets all crazy and is like, Here's uh, Shetley. Okay. Uh, that is insane. Jet Li. Yes. Jet Li looks like a random dude in Chinatown. Now. He looks like somebody's grandpa, right? Like, he should be, he should always be in possession of. Of four plastic bags full of random things. That's what he looks like. Uh, Continue. So he freaks out and is like, everyone thinks my grandpa's crazy, but you know what's really crazy? Your dad. And she's like, well, you're an asshole, so I'm going to leave. But here is the gift I was going to give you, but you're an asshole. And it's a gun. But then he's like, you got me a gun? That's crazy. And she's like, it's not a gun. Open it up. And it was a transformer. But here's the thing. Optimus Prime turned into a truck. Megatron turned into a gun. She got him literally the opposite of Optimus Prime. You are not into this at all. You're just looking at your phone. I was trying to get caught back up. I was hung up on the Jet Li thing. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's, he's not uh, on the uh, Autobots. That's the uh, it's the Decepticons. Decepticons. Yeah. Um, my favorite part of that, mm-hmm. uh, and again, this is dating it 
incredibly well, but he, she hands him the gun and the quote I wrote down is, I don't mean to sound ungrateful, but are you fucking retarded? (laughs) Which take out the R word is a wonderful line. (laughs) Like, I love that. Like he's a hundred percent. Like, do you even know me at all? Why would I want a fucking gun? To me, the best version of that, which also involves uh, peripherally guns is um, Wayne's world. Wayne's world. And I love, it's my favorite speech. And he goes, you bought me a gun rack, a gun rack. I don't even own a gun, let alone many guns necessitating an entire rack. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he, when we're going through this, we're introducing the grandpa. Also, we learned like he's an inventor. Yeah. Uh, and they said that uh, they reference uh, a bad idea that he had, which was brown colored toilet paper, <laughs> which is great because this is a, a a joke that is a legitimate good joke mm-hmm. that they put in this movie. Like it's it's movie. It's moments like that that make me appreciate it is because it doesn't have to do with the movie. Right. Um, yeah. And it ties into next week's film as well. That's scary. Yeah. Uh, we also learn about Santa now when they're going through, they read the birth, the mm-hmm. thing, and there's find out that there's been two virgin births. Mm-hmm. One is Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and the other is Santa Claus. And Marianne goes, is that real? Because <laughs> she went to Catholic school most of her life, but knows nothing about And you said, yes, Christianity. Je- yes, dear, Jesus is real. <laughs> and I was like, no, they made that up for the movie. <laughs> Santa. Nobody thinks Santa was a virgin birth. Uh, but I do love this this backstory. Like I love the the mythology associated with this. It's a yeah. good mythology. And they really key in on the fact that uh, the opening credits uh, says Satan's sleigh, and then the sleigh comes in and it bounces the letters to yep. Santa's sleigh. Mm-hmm. Uh, random thing. We're talking about Christmas, and it was reminded to me here. Dumb and Dumber. Mm-hmm. I remember watching Lloyd that Christmas. At, yes, at ten, and it's Lloyd Christmas, and you meet Mary Swanson, mm-hmm. and I'm like, immediately they're gonna get married, and her name's gonna be Merry Christmas. Boom. Yeah. Drop the, drop the mic as a ten year old, and that doesn't happen in the movie. Nope. They fucking set me up to think that I was smart, bastards. <laughs> I think that was like the first prediction I made as a child. Like, mm-hmm. it, her name's gonna be Merry Christmas. I was wrong. It doesn't happen. Samsonite. I was way off. <laughs> um, so then he... So the preacher is Dave Thomas. Yes. And he's not a good guy. He's not. Do you know who Peter Popoff is? We've talked about him several times on this podcast. He's the worst. So we won't go into depth. Uh, our Christian friend that we've referenced before mm-hmm. uh, recently hung out with him, and I made him watch some Peter Popoff videos. <laughs> Like That's I made awesome. him watch the the big one or whatever, you know. I thought you meant for a second that he was hanging out with Peter Popoff. Oh, that's and I was also like, a possibility. That sounds awesome. <laughs> I want to know everything about what happened. <laughs> I guarantee you, Peter Popoff is Dave Thomas in this movie, dude. Oh yeah, like he is. There's debauchery and just horrible things. Uh, I'm pretty sure that he is more of a. Um, I don't remember the guy. One of the many preachers who got caught with a gay lover and doing drugs. 
the, I would the, assume the guy so. from Texas. I, I don't remember his name. I would assume so. Back in my <laughs> atheist, like, I'm an atheist, that's everything about me days, I would have known his name. But I've forgotten it by now. Uh, the other thing that is incredibly 2005 about this movie, in an awesome way, is the soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, it is just constantly, like, banging you over the head with, like, I don't know this, but I feel like it's... Uh, it's like the offspring doing a Christmas song or something like that. Like <laughs> it's like Green Day singing Jingle Bells is basically the entire vibe of the of yeah. the soundtrack. All of it was like here are famous Christmas songs sung badly. Yeah. That but it's so vibe. 2005. Yeah. So 2005. Like I felt like I needed to be sitting in a dorm room talking about individuality with a girl. <laughs> like that was my 2005. Uh, yeah, the IMDb had told me that Vince Russo was in this uh, titty bar that the preacher walks into. I did not see him, and I was disappointed. Uh, I do not recall seeing that at all. Hmm. I'm sure it's true. Yeah, but I don't. I didn't. There were some dudes in the background that I'm like, if that's Vince Russo, then between like 2002 and 2005, he really let himself go. Which maybe it's also possible. (laughs) Yeah. When was WCW sold? Uh, I think that might have been 2003. Okay, so he, so that would make sense. Like, he had that really rough couple of years. Yeah. Uh, okay, so he ends up at a strip club. Mm-hmm. Santa follows the preacher, Peter Popoff, to the strip club. Yes. And it's awesome. <laughs> like... Like Santa comes in and he starts uh, laying some shit down, right? Yeah. The sh- he pulls out Windex yes. and paper towels and cleans the stripper pole before he touches it because these women are so gross. Which I was like, that joke is hilarious. I don't know where he got that Windex. And Marianne was like, they have that there. And I was like, you have obviously been to strip clubs more times than I have. And it turns out, no, she's been there less but I was obviously distracted. <laughs> She's looking around Not at the cleaning supplies. Not only is she more detail oriented, <laughs> but she probably seemed less. She was probably less distracted the time that she was there. I agree. Um, there's also a genuinely awesome, from a horror fan's perspective, an awesome kill here that I really loved, which is the guy is holding a metal stripper pole. Yeah, he throws him the pole. And then he kicks the pole up into a light, mm-hmm. thus electrocuting the guy. Yeah. It was awesome. It was Legitimately, from a horror film standpoint, that was awesome. Uh, yeah. He also does a lot of uh, military presses. So he grabs a lot of people by the crotch. And Marianne was very grossed out by that. And I was like, that's wrestling. He does. I've watched that for years. So yeah. There's a lot of like uh, wrestler moves in mm-hmm. this. Uh, years ago. <sighs> Maybe David Hasselhoff. Hulk Hogan was on uh, a roast of David Hasselhoff on a roast. Mm -hmm. And I felt like it was a totally missed opportunity because if he's been wrestling for this many years, there has to be a whole bunch of images of Hulk Hogan looking super gay. Oh, yeah. And I felt like that would have been hilarious to just make a montage of them. Like as you're knocking, making fun of Hulk Hogan. Like how many times has he had his face in dudes asses or crotches, right? That would have been hilarious. Missed opportunity. <laughs> maybe you should have. Maybe you should roast Hulk Hogan. Maybe I should. Maybe I should. Uh, Tiny Lister shows up in this movie. He does f- from 
Wishmaster 2. Yeah. And other things. No, mostly Wishmaster 2. Okay. That's what we care about. Yeah, all, so all we care about he, in this podcast is this podcast. He plays. Uh, he he's the gas station attendant, and he, the, the 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 our protagonist comes in, and he's like, "Do you have any gum?" He doesn't bother looking for gum, like the normal human being would walk into a gas station, yeah. right? He walks in, he's like, "Do you have gum?" Tiny Lister knows immediately. No, we don't have any gum. We're out. The guy, the guy who delivers it, got delayed or some shit. Yes. Oh, wait, never mind. Here's one gum that we do have. And it's nicotine gum. The whole conversation doesn't make any sense. But he hands him nicotine gum and is like, that's two thirty nine. dollars Nicotine gum costs like $100. It is not $2.39. Even if it is that price. Tiny Lister is such so good at his job, he not only knows how much it is, but he knows how much it is post-tax mm-hmm. off the top of his head. Dude, I... Obviously, you have never have you have you ever been behind a register in your life? Uh, I like, have, I have. Uh, I worked at a gas station. You know how like how much one, two, and three packs of Marlboros are bef- like after tax okay. for each one. I've not you been know, in that situation at all. Yeah, you know how much like two bottles of pop and a candy bar are after tax. Okay. Like you, I apologize. You completely no. I apologize. Movie. Uh, <laughs> this gas station uh, is called Eat Here Get Gas. Mm-hmm. What is the best gas station food that you can come up with? Best gas station food. I once ate out of uh, the garbage can <laughs> at a gas station <laughs> that I was working at. Yeah. Okay. So I. Uh, I, th- I love. I feel like I've told the story. I love that you bypassed best and just went for most interesting story. Yeah, good of course. Job. That's professionalism. Thank, Thank you. you so much for not not going with what I was saying, but for uh-huh. going what would be better better content. Sure, good yes. job. Uh, this is the story about the time I ate food out of the garbage. Surprisingly, no, hold on. This, this, this is, you need the emphasis on here. A public garbage can. Oh yeah. This isn't something at home. I'm guilty of that. Mm-hmm. I ju- we just bought pizza for my kids. I mean, before. it's not public. It's behind. But it's definitely, it's like, not. So we just bought pizza for my for the family before you came over, right? Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, this is true. I'm on the way over, and I'm like, "Listen, boys, if you take a bite of a piece of pizza and then you decide you're full, it doesn't mean that you need to throw away that piece of pizza or throw it in the sink. Leave it in the box. Daddy will eat it. Okay. <laughs> yes. That I think is one level of uh-huh. eating trash. You took it to the next level. Yes. Go ahead. So I came in right after the morning shift, right? So the morning shift starts at like 4 a.m. And they make all the uh, myriad breakfast foods. And they just sit under the hot lamp forever. And then I would waddle in around 11 a.m. And they would, you know, they, you know, do the transition and everything. And then I would have uh, the afternoon. And so they said, hey, there's like a couple things left that we just have to throw away. Do you want any? And This is leftover th- breakfast food. Yes. This is much like your don't take a, a chip thing. I was like, I recognize that I'm fat, but maybe they don't. So I'm going to say no and not seem like a crazy person. So then they throw it in the garbage, and then they leave. 
and I wait till there's nobody in the there, <laughs> and I stare at it, and I go, "Am I gonna do this? Am I that person? No, I feel like I'm better than that. You were no, wrong. I'm not." <laughs> and I grab it out, and I and I eat a breakfast sandwich, an old breakfast sandwich that has been sitting under a heat lamp for six hours. And then thrown into the garbage, I pick that up and go, you're going in me. <laughs> I don't feel like that's terrible because it was still wrapped. Yes. It was never in a person's possession. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a discarded food from them. Right. I think you get to pass. I don't think they, that's They that weren't bad. Ricky scraps on the street. No, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I want, But it is that is the story of the time I ate food out of the garbage. It is a good story. I'm not taking anything away from that. But just to make, as a person, mm-hmm. it is above the Ricky story. I wish that you had a Ricky story, and maybe one day you will. <laughs> maybe. That would really... Maybe one day I'll be desperate enough. <laughs> like if the pizza that you dropped on the ground... Well, I guess you kind of tried to do that, right? You just didn't oh, have my... it in you. I told you about the 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 pizza I dropped yes. like last year, right? Yeah, like you tried to get pick I off the tr- asphalt. I, tried, I, ate, I, I ate a little bit of asphalt and then went back for more, <laughs> but I was like, this is going to be too much asphalt. <laughs> And I sadly threw away my pizza. Yeah. Like a normal human I being picked, should. I picked asphalt off my pizza <laughs> and then ate it. <laughs> but I could only eat so much. There's only so much asphalt I can handle. <laughs> Turns out my limit is above zero. Uh, so my gas station food. Have you ever had, Have you ever been to Casey's? Casey's are just now starting to infiltrate our area at all. I've never heard of it. It's you, There's one within like an hour of us now. Okay. Um, when I lived in Iowa, it was the go-to gas station. All okay? right. Uh, and they've got amazing pizza is their big thing. That's mm-hmm. great. And uh, so one day I found out that there was a Casey's within an hour. So one day I woke up early enough and I was like, hey, he uh, was eight at the time. Hey, eight-year-old. You want to go on a trip with dad? Let's drive one of those totally stupid things to do. Yeah. But that's why it's fun is because it's stupid. Yeah. Let's drive an hour and let's get some breakfast You and I drove across the country to go to a bar. Yeah. (laughs) It was a concert. But it was was at a a tiny little dive bar. Yes. And it was great. It was amazing. Uh, So it was (laughs) one of those things like, hey, let's do something done, eight-year-old. Let's go get breakfast pizza at 6 a.m. on a Saturday. Mm Mm-hmm. So we drive an hour. We get there. I'm telling him the whole time, this is my favorite pizza. It's amazing. It's breakfast pizza. You're going to love it. We get to the car. We get in. I got us each two slices of the pizza, probably a drink or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, he opens it up and he's like, Dad, is there egg on this? I was like, yeah, dude, it's breakfast pizza. He's like, I don't like egg. And I was like, oh, fuck. (laughs) My My kid doesn't like egg. And I 100% knew that. That's uh-huh. 100% a dad fan. You're just like, I love this, and you, I like, I, you're like a little me. Yes. I'm going to share this with yes. you. Yes. And we're both going to be stoked. Yes. This kid has not liked eggs since the moment he was born. <laughs> like, this is not a being a finicky Don't kid. Don't give a baby an egg. This is not a finicky kid thing, right? Yeah. Uh, so I was like, do you want McDonald's? And he was like, yes. So we drove through McDonald's, and then I got four pieces of the breakfast pizza, which was amazing. <laughs> Because you wanted four pieces. Oh, I did. But you would never order four pieces. No, no, no. It's like, 
Because you're like, I need to try to be a human being today. Here's the fat guy equivalent of buying condoms. The joke is like when you buy condoms, you go through the register and you have to buy other things. Like that's the go-to joke in movies. Yeah. As a fat guy, like if I'm going to the movie theater and I need to buy candy and a pop to mm-hmm. sneak into the movie theater so I don't have to pay price there. Yeah. Uh, or if you're buying a pie or whatever, right? Like I feel like I need to buy additional things so I'm not just the fat guy going through and buying candy and a pie. Yeah, that's my favorite. That's the best thing about self-checkouts now (laughs) is you feel slightly less like I just bought three pints of ice cream and a box of Cheez-Its and that's my entire order. All right. I bought four boxes of Cheez-Its today. Nice. They were on sale for 99 cents. Ooh. That's a good deal, right? That's a good deal. Yeah, I bought four. We're going to have to discuss the Cheez-Its situation (laughs) after this podcast. Uh there's a pretty awesome stop motion scene mm-hmm. now where uh, they explain the history of how Santa has been good for so long. <laughs> yes. What is that story? Well, uh, let me tell you a story about how I'm an idiot, right? <laughs> and how, like, Marianne, I love her. I don't know how the fuck she puts up with me. I am an incredibly t- intelligent person. Like... I'm in a high-skilled job. I do well at it. But I'm a complete fucking moron. And so, in this movie, or in this little stop-motion thing, Santa is fucking with some elves. And God sends down an angel. And he turns, he's like, disguises himself as an old man. And who does he look like? Grandpa. He looks exactly like Grandpa. And you know what my brain did go? My, You know what my brain did go? <laughs> My brain did go, huh, he kind of looks like Grandpa. That's weird. (laughs) And that's it. Yeah. (laughs) And that's it. (laughs) And so, like, after this, like, 20 minutes later, when it's quote-unquote revealed that he's the angel... Marianne goes, are we supposed to believe that just now he we're, that we're just now figuring out that he's the angel? As you're writing the note. And, Whoa, I just figured out that he's the angel. Exactly. And she goes, you didn't just figure that out? And I was like, kind of. <laughs> and she literally facepalmed. She literally put her, her actual hand over her face and shook her head. Oh, my God. And <laughs> I'm just like, I... And I told her how I actually thought that he looked like Grandpa. I was like, that's weird. And she was just like, you were the biggest idiot. And I was like, I know I'm working on it, but it's hard. I love that like two episodes ago, you had like this revelation. Oh, it was about the uh, the Razors movie where you're like, made the revelation about how, what are the odds that all of his, the ancestors are interested in screenwriting? <laughs> And I was like, how did I miss that? And you're like, uh, this is what the movie was about, bro. Like, I feel like we're even on this right now. Like, For every one that you have, I, I feel like I get one. Like, it's kind of... It's one a for you ma- and one for me. Yeah, one it's a for tennis you and match back me. and forth. I don't know. I think I was just into this movie, man. I was not into Razor, so I had time to think about it. This movie, I'm just like, yep, run over that grandma. Yep. Run through, hack off that Joseph statue's head for no reason. Yep, fucking menorah kill the deli owner. I'm on board. Uh, hey, that kind of looks like the grandpa. <laughs> That's weird. 
Doop a doop a doop. Let's watch the movie. That's the exact same moment that you were like, "Why do I have this key? Is like for a this key is like for a handcuff." <laughs> Shut <And> up. <laughs> Why would we need a handcuff key? I obviously didn't need a handcuff key, so nobody needed a handcuff key. Uh, so during this stop motion, we learn that Santa had dueled the angel during a curling match and he was tricked and lost. So he had to be nice for a thousand years. And that, so it was just like rocks on ice. And I was like, oh, it's like curling. I had no idea that they were going to like go full on. This is 100% curling. 100% curling. End. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so our protagonist, whose name we don't know, so we keep just calling him protagonist, the protagonist, uh, fuck you. <laughs> uh, he does, uh, a little search on who ya, who ya, exclamation database, point. uh, which I loved because 2005 Yahoo was definitely those those the go-to. Yahoo. Yeah. Yeah. Ads. Yeah. Uh, and it was great. But he also calls Gonad instead of Norad. Yes. Uh, or he doesn't call. He like uh, he, it's he, an instant message. Texts, or like instant message. Yeah. It's like a little chat window. And he's like, uh, is, is this thing real? And the guy back, comes back. Wait a minute. How old are you? And he types in 16. And that's when we realized, oh, they're supposed to be high schoolers. Yeah. We thought they were like tw- like oh, 20 something. No. Because they are. But I, but yeah, I was like, are they in high school? And she was like, no, they're twenty somethings. And like, I just believe what she says because it usually works out. Uh, and they're like, I think he said he was sixteen. He's not lying to them. No, he's not lying to them to be younger. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, no, this isn't real, and neither Santa. Sorry if that's the first time you're hearing this, but it's about time. Yeah. Uh, right after that, we get Santa during the day, which is awesome because I've talked about this before, like daytime stuff. It, it's just the fact that you can see more and they had the, they were showing you the ox mm-hmm. during the day. It looked awesome. Yeah. Until, uh, it, until it started to like move and chase stuff down and then it looked a little <laughs> green screeny. But, but right then at that moment, it looked awesome. Yeah, when it's flying, it's definitely green screeny. Uh, but like charmingly so. Yeah, he's like driving along, like throwing uh, present bombs to like throw, blow up kids and things like that, right? Uh, And then we get somebody's throwing, who's throwing like nuts to break windows? What is happening here? Uh, Well, to break the window, uh, he tries to, he wraps his jacket around his uh, fist and tries to punch it. And the joke is he's super weak. So then he looks for something to break it with. And then she breaks it like off camera. And yeah, I don't remember nuts breaking windows. There, somebody, it, was, it wasn't Goldberg. It was somebody else like throwing nut, throwing something uh, and was somehow breaking windows. Nope. Can't help okay. you, dude. Not helpful. They crawl through the window and then they're in like the science lab and yep. Uh, we get uh, Goldberg walking by a bunch of rabbis, uh, and they make like a Shlomo joke. I feel is, like is this the pol- not... when the police? Yeah, the police call they him say Shlomo, the, and 
Yeah, because they said arrest they said those arrest those Amish guys yeah. also. Yeah. I feel like the Amish thing is cool. The Shlomo thing is a little rough. <laughs> I, I I don't. I if mean, he, I get that there are degrees of racism, but it's all still racism. It, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like calling them Shlomo is the same thing as a black dude calling him Kutikinte. Okay, sure. But if you called them Amish, that joke is that the guy's an idiot. Yeah. As opposed to being racist. I'll buy that. Don't like the Shlomo joke. I like the Amish joke. Okay. How's that? Yeah, the joke is on the character for being an idiot, not the joke is that he's racist. I get it. Yes. I see your difference now. Good. Uh, there's Bagel Garland hanging in the deli, which was awesome. <laughs> okay, yeah. I want more Bagel Garland in my life. <laughs> like, if you... I remember... Okay, yeah. I realize that i'm way further in this movie than you are i'm sorry no no don't apologize the (laughs) the deli owner like is like santa breaks in and he's like you messed with the wrong jew on christmas or something like that and he like starts grabbing stuff i think that they were like matzo balls like dried out matzo balls or something and he just like throws them and yes they are breaking the windows when they probably should not be yes I didn't like that. Took me out a little bit. It was about this moment, however, too, where I made the note like somebody cared about this movie. Like you can tell when people care about a movie. This movie was hung by the fire with care. And when they don't. Somebody cared about this movie. This movie is fucking stupid. And it's purposely that. And not everything is not everything hits. No, it's not a gem like basketball. It didn't have that deft of a touch. Mm hmm. But they cared about it, even though it was stupid. They probably cared about it because it was stupid, and it's great. Uh, the captain of the police force, name is Cock. Yeah, Toby Cap- Cock. Captain Cock. And I think the only reason this is the case, so that they can say, who sucks, Cock? Do you not know what the sergeant of the desk's name was? Uh, Sergeant Dick Zucker Missed it Yeah Seems a little juvenile uh, I just realized Something that never has a payoff Is So they're The, the two uh, idiot cops Are like Huh every place he hits like It, it looks, it looks like, like it's a, a Christmas, Christmas tree, tree. Uh and so they have their argument, and then there's a cop in the background who's just like walking gingerly with this present, like I don't know what to do with this thing, and it's ticking, like it's a bomb. Mm-hmm. Then that never goes anywhere. No, like Santa shows up, but I, there's no idea how that that bomb present fits into it. But I had to rewind that because Marion missed it, and I was like, "You have to look at this. This is stupid." And this is exactly what this movie is. So about now is the time when I totally checked out of the movie because I feel like they, they're an hour in. Uh-huh. Wait, no, no, that's not right. I was trying to do it like it was two thirds of the movie, but the movie is only an the hour. The movie 77 minutes long. Yeah, the, so whatever. Perfect length for what this is. <laughs> uh, so we're, we're like 45 but, minutes in. So the moment. Oh, well, I have one more note and then I'll get to my fi- my really my final point and then I'll let you take over. Okay. They reference a few times how f- 
Santa's a fatty? Yes. Goldberg's not fat. Nope. He's a like big this, dude. This was He's ri- not fat. I feel like this wasn't written with Goldberg in mind. Then they hired Goldberg and didn't change the jokes. You're exactly right. Because, because everyone calls him fat. Yes. It's the same thing as Ice Cream Man with the kid, right? Because the writers were like, uh, we have, we've crafted 17 perfect fat jokes. And like, we hired Bill Goldberg. Uh, leave him in let's leave him in yes that's exactly what happened because there's a lot of fat jokes they call him fat boy and stuff he's a big dude Mm -hmm. not fat at all no zero zero fatness there yeah so the moment that the movie lost me is very definitive okay as soon as goldberg speaks really other than like the beginning he's like fuck you grandma but he has like an extended monologue right before he, Grandpa he dies. He reads a letter. Yeah. And so, I'm like, Goldberg has been fine through this movie. You just let him talk and you lost me. And then it, the movie never got me back. <laughs> never got me back after they let Bill Goldberg talk. Read a, about the fun bake oven or whatever it was. Uh and I don't know this for sure. You are definitely the bigger wrestling guy than I am post-1998. Sure. But isn't that true of his wrestling career, too? Is like, he was great until oh. they let him talk. Sure. Okay. Every, everything he <laughs> like, did in WCW was you cut to a camera backstage. He banged his head against a door and put a dent in it. Uh, he then walked to the ring. They had like fire, like it was like he's standing in a million sparklers. <laughs> he would breathe in those noxious fumes and then snort it out like he like you see like a cartoon bull snort out smoke. Okay, I've never seen that. That sounds awesome. He and then like you could tell that immediately afterward he had some sinus trouble <laughs> and he had to like work it out like. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> And then he Which would stomp could... his way to the ring. <laughs> he would literally do three wrestling moves. And then he would win and go to the back. Okay. You just described the first two thirds of this movie was great. Like him showing up, kicking ass, and leaving immediately without overstaying his welcome, right? Yeah. Is that what you just described? Yeah. Then he talked. And I was like, oh my God, somebody get this dude a helmet. <laughs> Do you know who uh, I hate? Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. Uh, and hasn't he done a lot of like charitable stuff? That's and fine. Like, I don't. I don't. I just don't like him as a person. That's fine. That's, but Danny Masterson is also a terrible person. I was going to say. I He's thought like you were a really actual terrible person. I thought you were going to go one eighty on that. Like fuck Ashton <laughs> Kutcher, who does all of these charitable things, and like on paper is a very nice person. Yeah. Danny Masterton, who I think has had like a bunch of like shady allegations against him. Yeah, like, so like that stuff. love that guy. Sorry, go ahead. No. So Ashton Kutcher, probably a good person. Uh Danny Masterton, objectively bad. Uh objectively a bad person. But I used to watch that 70s show, and my favorite joke from that entire run is uh is Danny Masterson says to Ash, Danny Masterson's character says Ash Kutcher's character, you're so dumb you should wear a helmet. And ever since then, like I've associated that 
And so, like, I loved Danny Masterson basically for that, how he really just took all my hate for Ashton Kutcher and refined it into that that line right there. And now, like, it's like when you learn that your high school bully is, like, a good dude. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, I don't know how to feel now. Being an adult sucks. <laughs> you realize that people aren't like the uh, the caricatures that you created Why of them. Why can't everything just be black and white yeah. exactly how it is in my head? Yeah, it's much easier that way for yes. sure. Yes, thank uh, you. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is great. See, so from this moment, okay, so they're running, they're running through the high school. Okay, they open a door and immediately wind up on an ice rink. Mm-hmm. That's their doors like that don't exist. That's bad door placement. <laughs> you should never walk through an actual door and then wind up on an ice rink. Because they, I open agree the door with this. Spill out I, onto it. I agree with this. I was going to try to come up with a scenario in which I would contradict you, and I ran through them in my head, mm-hmm. and I came up with zero. It's bad door placement. Yes, yes. Uh, so they run out on the ice, and then uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. In real life, they had to have constructed this door right on the edge of the ice uh-huh. rink. This wasn't a real door. They yeah. didn't. Nobody scouting found this door. They had to construct this door to be there. Mm-hmm. I want to just really or emphasize construct the rink to uh, to abut the wall. No, they they put a door on an existing rink. For so sure. like they had to like bring in the wall. Yeah, I mean, all it is is two by fours and plywood and a door. You just set so it they against. made like a like a galley to it. Yeah, like a hallway. To yes. It. Mm-hmm. Okay. You think that's le- that makes less <laughs> sense than building a rink next to an existing door? They're like, where are we going to find a door? Just build an ice rink right here. I got ice rinks right in the back of my truck, rather than having two by fours drywall on a door. Or it could be like, we need a regulation size rink. What's the regulation size rink? Oh, it's eighty-two feet long or whatever. And like this room is eighty-one and a half feet long. Fuck it. <laughs> uh, my money would still be the practical answer would be to put the door on an existing rink. But I know how money likes to get wasted during making movies. So maybe they built an entire rink. Uh, I read in the IMDb trivia of this movie during the Zamboni scene, somebody caught on fire. Huh. That's horrific. That sounds terrible. How would you like to know that your father died making Santa's sleigh? <laughs> like, <How>? Like... <laughs> With <laughs> he died on fire on ice. <laughs> it's like there's all this water here, but it's taunting me with its solidity, solidity, solidness. Solitude. Okay, go ahead and keep selling me the rest of this movie because seriously, like I have no no the, things. The last the, note that I have is Bill Goldberg shouldn't talk. That's the last <laughs> note that I have. And then the movie was over and I hadn't realized it. So they run onto the ice and then they have like this moment of like, oh, I love you. We're 16. We should fuck. And then Santa comes in with a Zamboni and it just becomes that scene from Austin Powers with the steamroller because Zambonis don't go fast. And there's a joke in the Deadpool movie where... uh, you see a guy, you see a, it's a wide shot of a rink, you see a guy, there's a trail of blood behind him, and he's crawling on the ice, 
and then Deadpool is behind him on a Zamboni laughing, saying, you're going to get killed by a Zamboni because it's absurd because they go no miles an hour. Yes. But Santa's on one and they're scared and somehow they get trapped (laughs) by the (laughs) Zamboni (laughs) and they're about to die and just in the nick of time, boom, magic curling stone because their dead grandpa's back because he got his powers when he died. So the whole giving up his immortality for the woman is not as cool of a gesture now because he turns out he's kind of immortal anyway. Yeah. Uh, and they do the curling match again. Uh-huh. And surprise, Santa cheats. He curls the grandpa. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and he's hanging into the abyss. and uh, So then he turns back to the kids and he's like, well, I'm going to fuck you up. And the kid is like, you know what? I've seen the movie Die Hard. Pulls the nutcracker out from his backpack and shoots Santa uh, with the magic chestnut. With a chestnut. He nutted in his chest. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, yeah, the grandpa's like, "Uh, I brought this thing and I was able to stab the ice, but uh, I kind of need you fuckers to lift me up. Or else I'm going to go to hell. And so they do. And he throws a curling stone in there. And it hits Satan on the head. And then the thing closes up. And then the uh, Santa is like. Fuck you. I'm going to take this Zamboni. And drive through this wall. And I'm going to go 20 miles an hour. On like grass and shit. In a Zamboni. <laughs> That's not a thing. Uh, and so they're like, we got to go get him. So they run out the hole and then the angel's like, oh, there's a barrier here. What? Why is that a thing? Why was that ever a thing? Why can't he leave the arbitrary building that they were in? But no, there's like a, a Jesus blocker that says he can't go through. That's stupid. This movie's great. Uh, so then <laughs> <laughs> they run off and, uh, they devise a plan where they are going to chase Santa, uh, get ch- Santa to chase them to the bunch of skeet shooters. But it is now nighttime. Skeet shooters have no reason to be where they were before in the daytime, but it turns out they are. Well, here's the thing. When you're such at the level that they are, you need to like come up with a way to make it difficult for yourself. Gotcha. Because their whole life is guns. Yes. So then there's the crazy Native American who talks with uh, one of these, except he doesn't have a hole in his throat, so why does he need it? Uh, But apparently he lost, he gave up his, he sold his vocal cords and a lung to buy uh, Emile DeRaven's dad a bazooka. And so they shoot Santa with the bazooka once. Like, they're like, let's enact our plan. They do, and it works. First try. It blows up Santa. I was shocked that the movie was over when it was over. <laughs> like, legitimately, I was... Dave Thomas gets impaled on a flagpole? Uh, okay. There's also this bit that happens. So they're all gathered around Dave Thomas, and he's got the book. Kid steals the book. Uh, 
and they're like they're, the dad and the rest of the shooters are like we're going to go get that deer cuz we're going to mount it and eat it right they they hit the deer head on with the bazooka guts rain down on them also in 11 seconds they go off get it tie it to the hood and come back and it's fully intact <laughs> this movie's great and then it ends but oh nope santa has to fly domestic to the north pole and he's wearing a bill goldberg hat the end uh did you watch the post credit sequence there was a post credit sequence mm-hmm. i did not so he's like looking at his list and he looks straight at the camera and what does he say, Justin? Think about your wrestling days. What does Bill Goldberg say to the camera? Does he say you're next? I think he said who's next. Oh, nice. Yeah, you saw it coming. That's great. Uh, so <laughs> so maybe credit to, to, to you for what I think about you. Mm-hmm. Maybe I need to rewatch the second two-thirds of this film. But literally the moment that Bill Goldberg speaks, I think I totally checked out of the movie. And I was like... Oh my fucking! Do you not? Do you disagree that he put in a performance of a lifetime when he spoke? I mean, he's Bill Goldberg as Santa. It's fine. <laughs> I was I was one hundred percent bought in. It didn't it didn't impact uh, me in any way. Here here's you the know big... what, you know what did impact me. Uh, do do you ever have those moments with your wife where you're like, this I I did good. This is the right woman for me because I had one of those at the end of this. Where he is, uh, he's talking to the lady, and Marianne goes, is he wearing a Bill Goldberg hat? And I was like, oh my god, that is a Bill Goldberg hat. I didn't notice that. You did. I love you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know if I had, I'm sure I have, but this week I had that moment with my son, my five-year-old. He was standing in the mirror and stuff, and I was like, what's up, bud? And he's like... Look at my nipples, they jiggle. And he jumped up and down and his boobs, his little his little chubby male boobs were moving up and down. He was just like was walking around the house showing everybody how his nippies moved. And you're like, I don't need a DNA test. <laughs> That's my kid for sure. Yep. Yep. Here's the the big question. Mm-hmm. Justin. Yeah. Would you rather live in Snowmonton or Hell's County, the basis of Santa Sleigh? What's Snowminton? Oh, Snowminton is Jack's Frost. Oh. Hell's County is where Santa's sleigh is set. Hmm. That's tough. Uh, you know what? Dave Thomas lives in... And, you know, there's a strip club there. Mm-hmm. So I'll never be bored. I don't go to strip clubs. I haven't been to a strip club in <laughs> 13 years. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna be where I want to be where Dave Thomas is, or now technically isn't, but okay. in this fictional universe, I, I I lived there in like 2004. In a fictional universe, they're definitely side by side, right? They they're in the oh, yeah. same state. They're side by side. Yeah, I want to see the Santa sleigh Jack Frost crossover. Jack sleigh, Santa Frost. Mm-hmm. Sure. Silent Night, Deadly Night 4 or Santa Slay? Santa Slay Santa Slay. Jack Frost or Santa Slay? Uh, 
Jack Frost for me. Zero question. Uh, probably Jack Frost. Harder choice for you, but you ultimately went with Jack Frost. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Uh, next week, Justin? Next week. So here's what's happening. Next week, we release on the 26th. Post-Christmas, mm-hmm. still in the Christmas spirit. Everybody's still got their tree up. All the lights are still up, right? Yeah. Let's still go with Christmas. Okay. Are you good with that? Sure. I feel like, oh shit, I deleted my first picture, apparently. Uh, I just want to say that yesterday, uh, when I watched these, I got home, I brought home dinner, uh, some some, sh- some sushi, uh, and Marianne goes... I want to watch something Christmassy. And I was like, well, you're in luck because I need to watch my movies for this <laughs> next podcast. And she goes, fuck you. And I was like, yeah, that's probably the right response. <laughs> was she ultimately super disappointed or? Well, I mean, it was not what she wanted to watch, but, you know, she watched both of them. So sure. All right. First movie. So we're, remember, we're we're getting out of the Christmas and we're getting back into the regular swing of things. OK, you just said we're doing Christmas again. We're doing Christmas then we're weaning our way out. Okay. Okay. First movie. You ready? Yeah. Uh, this is the movie that every time I've watched a Christmas movie, Marianne has said, why aren't you just watching this? Uh, and that is Gremlins. I have never seen Gremlins. Uh, I'm excited to watch Gremlins. It says Gremlins like four times on this poster. So this is important. Uh-huh. This is a big movie. You obviously have referenced that you know what this is. Yes. What do you know about Gremlins? Uh, they're cute little Furbies. And then if you get them wet or you feed them after midnight, they turn into horrible goblin gremlin things. Okay. Good. So what are you expecting with this movie? Uh, family-friendly fare for the 80s, which means uh, it's going to be horrific but also fine here's what i know about this movie christopher columbus wrote it Mm -hmm. and in the original draft the gremlins uh cut off the mom's head and ate it or played with it or something so yeah good so this sounds like you you know that this is a milestone that you just missed out on yeah good cool uh and remember we're 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 shifting away all right, before I give you the second movie, uh-huh. I'm torn with how to do this. Okay. So I have two options. I have some slightly spoilerish thing that would be very fun to you know, to know ahead of time. Okay. That's option one. Okay. Or option two is for you to go in blind with zero spoilers. Okay. And watch the thing post, and then you think it's enjoyable. So here's the question. Tease you and spoiler. I can't know. because So you went it blind. Like, no, I mean, I can't know because I don't know how big of a spoiler. If it's a big spoiler, then no, I obviously don't want to know it. If it's a tiny little nothing spoiler, then that's fine. What if it is a uh, atmosphere spoiler? The fact that Gremlins 2 doesn't take place at Christmas? Okay. (laughs) I don't think it does. So Red Letter Media, one of the YouTube channels I follow, 
they recently bought some of the like arms, prop arms used. Uh, like it's like the main villain from Gremlins two, his arms. Cool. And so they play with them on there sometimes. <laughs> They'll just randomly show up in a video. All right. So do you want your medium spoilers or no medium spoilers? Just tell me. Okay. So tell you the medium spoilers. Uh-huh. All right. So you're watching Gremlins. Okay. Then your second assignment is to watch the Keelan Peel episode Keelan Peel. titled Gremlins Brainstorm. Okay. Got it? Sure. That's your second assignment. That was a spoiler? The segment itself is. Okay. You following me here? Uh-huh. Okay. Second movie. Uh, I bet you nobody was surprised when it's <laughs> activity zone. The weather is 27 degrees. <laughs> uh, your compass is freaking the fuck out, man. Okay. Wrong button there. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Gremlins 2, the new batch. Here they grow again. We told you. Remember the rules. You didn't listen. Oh, look, Gizmo. Okay, so you didn't say you knew who Gizmo was. You know who Gizmo is? Yeah, he's the Furby-looking one. Okay, good. Dude. Yeah, and so they, like, you see those arms? Yep. They have those arms. Cool. Those are painted, but it's the same arms. Yeah. Uh, so th- this is, it's obviously, the, you know it's the 80s because uh, corporate greed. Like. <laughs> yep, corporate greed's written all over that. <laughs> the gremlin is like the gremlin villain is like this uh, corporate uh, guy. So that's how you know it's the 80s. Nice. What are we going to see in Gremlins 2? We didn't listen and we didn't follow the rules, so Mm -hmm. it it happened again. Cool. And uh, Wall Street. Nice. All right, so next week, Gremlins. Mm -hmm. Key and Peele, Gremlins Brainstorm. That's just a sketch, or that's a whole episode? It's a sketch. Okay. Gremlins 2. Okay. Justin, what else you got for us? Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus.